Cass. And I'm Kat. And you're listening to the 29th episode of Two Book, Book Bitches. Bitches. Hello, Book Bitches. We're back after a little holiday break. A little hiatus. A little hiatus. Honestly, it was, it was nice. Yes. We spent time with family in any way that we could because obviously coronavirus, but <laughs> we hope everyone had a really nice holiday week. Christmas, if you celebrate Christmas, mm-hmm. Merry Christmas. Hope you guys got... Merry Christmas, happy holidays, the whole shebang. New Year's is coming up. Yep. So we're in that like weird week between like Christmas and New Year's where like time doesn't exist. It's like you forget what day of the week it is. Yeah, and you just continually eat. I feel like I eat so much in this week. But that's the best part. I know. The food. We made like a really fancy um charcuterie board. Oh my god, it was so good. And like we put like on the table and shit. Fanciest book. Anyways. Um, couple announcements yes. before we get started. All right. Um, first announcement. Thank you to our new patron, Caroline. We appreciate you so much. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Next piece of news. Mm-hmm. Um, we are announcing that we got a mailbox. Yes, we have a mailbox. We will post the address on probably on our website and we'll post i guess we'll post in the description of this episode maybe 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 but if you want to see it it will definitely be on our website yeah 100 percent, it'll be on the website we're super excited um because now we don't have to give people a real address when they're like hey can we send you a book for the author interview and we'll be like yeah um so that's exciting if you feel so inclined to send us letters that'd be fucking cool we love receiving letters. Or like a postcard. That'd be sick. So yeah, we got a mailbox. That's pretty fun. Mm-hmm. And it's really cool because all these things are kind of made possible by patrons on Patreon. Like w- with all their support, it's been really cool to see like what we can do with the podcast. So we're hoping we get to do more exciting stuff with it. For sure. Yeah. Um. Okay. One other announcement yeah. is um, we had originally said <laughs> we were going to do five books this month, but... Um, Things got busy. Um, so busy. Near Christmas time, especially. Mm-hmm. Um, especially adjusting to the new way Christmas happened this year. Oh my God, yeah. It was a lot of uh, online shopping. A lot of online shopping, lots of picking up and dropping off things. Yes. Lots of uh, drive by. Um, from your cars. Yeah, lots of drive by yeah. hellos. So we decided um, that we won't be doing the final book that we were going to do, which was Flat Share. Yeah. Um, so we're doing. Um, the book today, Red, White, and Royal Blue, and then um, the last episode that we'll be releasing before the new year is We Were Liars. Yeah. Um, and then come new year, we will be picking up um, With, Six of Crows. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We didn't. We we were like debating whether to like push um, Flat Share into the new year, but we know everyone's super excited about Six of Crows, and so are we, especially because mm-hmm. like the new little teaser came out for Shadow and Bone. Um, yeah, exactly. so it's, yeah, so we're just like, you know what, we're not going to do flat share. Everyone still seemed really excited about We Were Liars, though, so that yeah, we will definitely so, do. So, um, We Were Liars is the last book we're doing this year. Um, we might do flat share eventually in the future, but yeah. just kind of postpone that one for now because we're just super busy, holiday stuff, yeah, and we needed a bit of a break. Yeah, we're still getting used to this whole like podcast we're, schedule thing. And we're tired, and, yeah, we're, we're a little tired. tired. <laughs> Um, so yes, we hope that you're not super, super disappointed, but such is life. That's how she goes. Yes. Okay. And I'm a little bit distracted by my new obsession on Netflix. Please tell us. She, um, literally literally texted me at like three in the morning and usually she's not up that late, which was a little like I am, but Kat's usually not up that late unless 
She's binging something. And what were you binging, Kat? The new uh, Shonda Rhimes TV show on Netflix called um, Bridgerton. Bridgerton. No, it's Bridgerton. Bridgerton? It's like a Victorian... It's like Jane... So so here's my thing. The reason why I love it so much is it just combines like so many elements that I love. So basically like it's not based on a Jane Austen novel, but it's very Jane Austen-esque. Okay. Like the the realm, the characters, the vibes that I'm getting. Mm -hmm. So it's just like straight romance, straight Jane Austen vibes, and I'm living for it. Okay, the you show me the main guy in it. Lord, what's his name? Um, Lord Hastings. No, Duke Hastings. Duke Hastings, okay. So sorry. (laughs) He is very attractive, and here is my pit that he should be cast as Kieran in... Uh, fuck, what's it called? We literally... Oh, uh, Flesh and Fire. No. Well, the one before it. Kingdom of Blood Blood and Ash. Ash. Yeah. Okay. I'm into it. He's beautiful. I think, I think, yeah, 100%. Let's do it up. Let's, let's cast him and his beautiful, beautiful self. All right. I guess we can start talking about um, the book we're doing today, Red, White, and Royal Blue by Casey McQuiston. Yeah. That's how I I pronounce it. McQuiston. her name. Apologies if I butchered that. Yep. Uh, This book was a fucking delight. Here's my thing. Like, I haven't read like a straight romance book that's made me like smile and giddy from the beginning to the end of the book and like this one just gave me that vibe and I just loved it so much it was just so such an enjoyable read it was probably my like most happiest read of the year yes slash borderline my favorite book yeah of the year like it ended off really beautifully the story was great like I just truly loved it I loved loved it so every single character yeah there was there was pretty much not one character that I did not like but also can we just talk about one thing about the book so this book came out in May 2019 yeah (laughs) but it takes place during the 2020 election election. so it's so weird to read it now because 2020 um and like the book's version of 2020 versus our current version of 2020 it's very different different. aka the book has no covid yeah well i was actually reading so when casey mcquiston was writing this she was actually writing it before the 2016 election and when obviously when donald trump got elected she actually was like is it even worth it finishing this book? Because obviously the events in this book are very different than what actually transpired during the 2016 election. Mm -hmm. So I think she kind of wrote it as like a, a, this is kind of like what I wish would have happened or something like this would have happened. Right. Um, And that's why I think it ended up getting released like quite a Mm -hmm. bit later. Yeah. In 2019. Yeah. Yeah. But it's, and it's also interesting to read like all the real life references, like real politicians and like, um, like, some of the characters in the book, I'm like, oh, like, maybe it could be based on, like, this person or, like, whatever. Yeah. So that was, like, really cool to read, like, all these real-life um, political references, like, if you're into that, which I think a lot of people are getting into these days, um, more into politics. So that was really fun. And you're reading against, again, the backdrop of, like, a romance novel. So it's not this, like, intimidating thing to read. Like, it's right. just... Right. It makes, it makes the, pol- like, the politics behind it a little bit more digestible. Yeah. And, like, I think it might, like, if you read this book and you're not necessarily, like, you know, privy to all, like, the names and stuff, like, you would probably uh, read this and definitely Google stuff. That was me. Because, like, I don't, <laughs> I don't know a huge amount about American politics. Like, I know, like, the main people. There's definitely a bunch of names in here where I was like, who the F is that? <laughs> so I had to, like, look it up and be like, oh, I still don't recognize this person. <laughs> yeah. It's, um, it's, it's definitely an interesting, like, political ball game. So that was fun to read, but we'll, we'll get into the nitty gritty of it. So I'm sorry. Can I just, one more thing. So we got the paperback version of this book and you know what I hate? No shade 
and it has like all the accolades inside of it but you know that like random like papery paper inside the cover but the cover is a little bit smaller than the paper so you can see the paper past the cover I fucking hate that well I mean when we post a picture of it you'll see it on Instagram you'll know what we're talking and about and it's and it's literally inserted there because everyone is just loving this fucking book. So it's all like the accolades from like Vogue and like Pop Sugar and like Oprah Meg and like stuff like that. So it's very cute. But I just hate when books have that. Like a, the front cover is just shorter than the rest of the book. Yeah. It, and, and, yeah. and like that. And like, like the, the color on that page is like fading on my book too. I know. It faded so bad. Like it's getting really ratty. But anyways, that's just like a weird little book pet peeve. It had nothing to do with my... um love for this book uh, anyways <laughs> and needless to say spoilers ahead so if you have not read this book turn back now or don't because we're not your moms and uh you can do what you want literally but no seriously if you haven't read this book i would Definitely turn back now it. and go and fucking yeah. read it because it's a fucking delight because there's just so many things that we didn't include yeah um like certain letters and emails and oh certain, my God. certain things or like i couldn't include it all even yeah. though i wanted to like and i just want you to read it and we do not do justice to just how it is written very similar to clap when you land i feel like we can tell you the story we can review it we can like you know giggle about it laugh about this book but like go and read it it's not the same thing as listening to this go and read it and then come back yeah um all right so we start off and we get to meet alex who is like the main character essentially and his sister june who are like basically the first children of the United States. So um, their mother is the president and she is three years into her term, AKA she is up for re-election because mm -hmm. I, one thing I've noticed is the American campaigns, like campaigning starts very early and it's very intense. I feel like campaigning is not that intense in Canada. Um, I don't even notice. Well, when, that's but that's the when thing. When another election happens, that's the thing. I couldn't even tell you when the next election is. That's it. Just kind of like know. comes around, and like it's very like low key campaigning for the most part, and then you get your ballot in the mail and you go and vote, and then that's it. It's pretty chill. But anyway, so she's three years into her term, and right away we get the vibe that they're all like very successful, like particularly the children, like maybe even like overachievers. Um, and Alex wants to be like the youngest elected congressman in American history. And his sister has like a degree in journalism. And I think she writes columns for mm -hmm. magazines. Like she's written for like Vogue and stuff like that. So, and she's like a fashion icon. Like they're just like really cool kids. I think they also mentioned that like they're older than most of the ch first, like first children. children that live in the White yeah. House. Like normally... When the first children are that old, they tend to not live in the, in the right. White House. So, like, for example, I think, think of, like, Sasha and Malia Obama, like, when um, Barack Obama like got he, elected. They like, he, they were high school. They were quite young yeah. when they got... Maybe even younger than Well, high because he did eight years even in total, years. Yeah, so yeah. they would have been young. Yeah, so when, when his, his their mom was elected, I think he was... Alex was just starting, like, university type of thing. And elected to stay at the White House. Yeah, and then because he, he was going to yeah. university... Like, close. Close by. Yeah. So, I think now he's, like, what, 21? And June must be, like, 23, 24, something yeah, like June's that. Yeah, older than him. Yeah. Um, so, we learn that they love reading tabloids about themselves and have bets on, like, who starts, like, new rumors and stuff. And the latest rumor is that heartthrob Alex has rekindled his romance with Nora, who is the vice president's granddaughter and also, um, like, June and Alex's BFF. So, all three of them go by this name. Um, the White House trio. Mm -hmm. And Nora and Alex did have a fling when Alex's mom was first elected to, like, get it over with kind of thing. Because mm -hmm. I feel like they were like, it's an inevitability. Let's just do it. 
but now they're just friends. Currently, Alex and June are talking about the fact that they're leaving for Britain in the morning to attend a royal wedding, and Alex is going to be seeing his arch nemesis, Prince Henry, who he calls a figurehead and inbred. <laughs> the amount of, like, British monarchy hate <laughs> at the beginning of this book. Yeah, it's like all the jokes about it. Yeah, it's, yeah, it was pretty funny. It's kind of funny. The next morning, they're on a private plane on their way to England, and Alex is kind of like reminiscing on the surrealness of this whole situation. Like, his family basically came from nothing. Like, his mother is like the daughter of a single parent, and his father is the son of Mexican immigrants. Um, and they grew up in Texas, and his mother essentially like worked her way up through the house um, as a Democrat, and clearly they did really well for themselves because my girl is the fucking president of the United States. First woman president. Ugh, that's a fucking dream. I wish. Okay. Also on the plane um, are June and Nora, and they're listening to Alex basically talk shit about the monarchy and how imperialism is trash go off king um this this whole rivalry with prince henry was like a tabloid creation because him and alex are both like hot and the same age essentially so like yeah there are not so great feelings between them but it's i think it's just been blown out of proportion by like the media like the, mm -hmm. the popular media and alex hates this because he thinks that the prince has like zero personality and he's like well i can understand why they're following me but I don't understand why they're interested in him because he's like so fucking boring. Um, and right away, he I'm can be boring though, but he's a prince, so yeah, exactly. Prince Trump's boring. Yeah, exactly. Everyone cares what the prince is doing for some fucking yeah. reason. Um, I'm already sensing some enemies to lovers because he's being just so like he hates this guy, mm -hmm. and you don't even really find out why, like right no, off the bat. No. Um. So at the wedding, and the wedding, I don't know if I mentioned this. It's the wedding of Prince Henry's brother. Older brother, yeah, yeah. Philip. The, so, like, the next in line to the throne, basically. Yes. Or most next in line most, to the throne. No, technically the mom's. Right, so, like, after the mom. It's kind of very similar to the situation in Britain right now. Yeah. So, like, technically, Philip is second in line. Or Charles. No, I'm talking about in the book. Oh, in the book. Oh, I thought you were talking about No, real in life. real life, Charles is first in line, then William. Right. And then William's children. Right. Whereas in the book, it would go... Catherine, the Catherine, mom. Catherine, who's, who's Henry's mom, and then Philip. Right. And then... And then Philip's inevitable children. Right. Exactly. So, when they're at the wedding, Prince Henry asks June to dance, and immediately Alex is peeved because he thinks that Henry is wooing his sister to shut him up, basically. And Nora's like, aw, it's cute how you think everything is about you. Nora is... She's a queen. She's immaculate. Love her. Her just, like, view on life, love it, 10 out of 10, would recommend Nora as a friend. Now Alex is kind of, like, remembering the first time he saw Henry in, like, a magazine when he was, like, I don't know, like, 13 years old or something like that, mm -hmm. thinking how he looked so perfect and happy. But then when he actually met Henry in real life, he was this, like, cold, distant, and, like, not at all like what Alex imagined. Um, so now Alex is getting a little um, drunk. And by little, a lot. And Alex goes to Henry and Henry is looking perfect, which pisses Alex off. So Alex is asking him if acting like he's above everything is exhausting um, and that Henry could try having a little more fun. Henry says that Alex should like switch to water, um, which prompts Alex to ask if he's offending Henry and that he's sorry he's not obsessed with Henry like everything else. And Henry is like, bruh, you're fucking obsessed with me. Like you're the one who came up to me and you constantly seek me out. Which is true, like, we get the vibe, I think, that Alex is always going up to him under the guise of, like, oh, I'm, I'm going to bother him. And I'm like, you're not going to bother him. You're in love. But anyways, my dude Alex is, like, fucking speechless. And Henry starts, like, walk away because I guess he's like, oh, I've had the last word. Like, this is how I'm going to end this conversation. But Alex pulls him back by his shoulder, which causes Henry to kind of, like, shove Alex. 
and both of them lose their balance and crash into the $75,000 wedding cake. Oh my god. What the fuck is in the cake? Why are you spending that much money on a cake? Bro, okay. What is it? Like, the best cream on the planet? Like, Is the cake gonna, like, feed itself to you? How tall is this cake? That's what I'm saying. Like, I know- Does someone, like, jump out and, like, shoot sparklers (laughs) in, like, the air? Fireworks? The queen jumps out of the cake. (laughs) Yeah, like, what's going on? Um, yeah, most of you know Kat and I are planning our weddings and, like, cake is literally the last thing on my priority list like yeah, i don't give okay. a fuck i mean i want it to taste good but that's it yeah like i just want a good tasting cake but like and i just want it to look basic as hell so. yeah, basic as fuck no fondant on my cake no just nothing basic looking cake truly anyways um alex is thinking how his mother is basically like gonna murder him and then henry goes oh my fucking christ which is like the first time alex has ever heard him swear and he makes a point to comment on that because he's in love and obviously like the cameras are going super crazy because the first son and the prince of england are covered in cake on on the floor. floor how's that for an image um, so now we're back at the White House. Zara is the deputy chief of staff, and she is livid about all the headlines. Um, and the tabloids are calling it Cake Gate and Battle Royale and just being extra as fuck about it. And um, Alex's mother, who's the president, Ellen, is also there and they're basically having a situation room meeting because the British papers are calling Alex violent and, and saying that maybe the relations between the British monarchy and the American president is actually shitty because of Henry and Alex. It's so funny. Uh, like, and the British papers right just, away, it's like, oh, the violent American. Yeah, like, they just jump to all these conclusions real quick. Exactly. And Alex is trying to say that he didn't start it, that Henry pushed him, and his mom is like, as your mother, I can appreciate that Matt, maybe this isn't your fault, but as the president, all I want to do is have the CIA fake your death and ride the dead kid sympathy into a second term. <laughs> and I just died when I read this line. She's super honest. Ellen as a character Mm -hmm. and you can clearly tell she's like a mom before being a you know what I mean yeah so um his mother pulls out a contract and tells him that Zara is going to brief him on basically this PR plan to make things better Mm -hmm. Uh, so essentially Alex is being shipped off to England and the White House and the monarchy are going to release a joint statement saying that the accident was um like a misunderstanding and that henry and alex have been close friends for years big fat lie (laughs) yes uh then him and henry are going to spend like the weekend doing charity events and alex is going to spend the trip acting like the sun shines out of henry's dick essentially so that the world doesn't think that alex is trying to destabilize american european relations before his mother's re-election it's so funny to see like everything the kids have to pay attention to because it could be interpreted as like a political act i know it's crazy right it's so insane like so crazy so i can only and they're like adults like i can only imagine how hard that is for like high school kids Mm -hmm. like fuck um then zara slides over a henry fact sheet and a list of conditions they have to meet and basically tells him like not to fuck this up Mm -hmm. uh and then later he's chilling with june and nora thinking about um how they got their name the white house trio uh it was thought up by the white house and fed to people magazine so that they could get ahead of the tabloids and save the kids from basically being scrutinized by making them like marketable and cool yeah and alex is contemplating about his upcoming euro trip and june is saying that if he didn't (laughs) try to fight everything that moves he wouldn't be in this mess (laughs) nora says that she thinks that this is amazing and that 
sworn enemies forced to make peace to settle tensions between their countries is very Shakespearean trope. New trope. trope. New trope. Yeah, I mean, it already is kind of a trope, like that whole, like, marriage of political convenience Mm -hmm. and, like, kind of thing, and I'm super into it. So they decide to play a drinking game to help Alex remember facts about Henry, uh, and we learn about Henry's parents, his dog, David... (laughs) He named a dog freaking David. I it's a whole ass human name. I love dogs with human names. I think it's hilarious. Um, we also, we also learn about his best friend, his favorite book, etc. And Alex thinks that he's like super boring. He's like, look at these facts; they're so boring. But when I read this, I was like, bro, this probably wasn't written by Henry. But also, listen, if someone wrote a fact sheet about me, I'm sure it'd be hella boring for someone else to read. I know. Would I be boring? Yeah, I'm pretty, I'm like a pretty basic bitch, you know? Like, I'm pretty standard. The thing on there is like, creator of a podcast. Yeah. That's it. Uh, Co-host of a mildly successful book podcast. Yeah, like co-creator. That's it. Co-creator, co- Co-host, co-co-writer. That's it. That's the coolest thing. Yeah. Um, so then when Alex gets to England, him and his secret service agent, Amy, um, meet Henry's, like, handler, who's named Shane, who Alex thinks is, like, super cool. I think he also thinks he's, like, super hot, too. Yeah. Uh, And then Shane gives him, like, the lowdown on the schedule and also makes him sign, like, an NDA. Um, Then they go pick up Henry from, like, his polo practice. And um, this man, like, rides up on the back of, like, a white horse, like, Prince fucking Charming over here. And the first thing Alex says is, I'm going to throw up on you. (laughs) (laughs) And then they're doing that thing where they're smiling and laughing for cameras, but, like, whispering insults into each other, which, like, I love. I love that. I love yeah. when it's, like, you're, you're like, smiling and through gritted teeth, like, like, I, I hate fucking you. hate you. I hate you so much. You but, suck. Oh, my God. Yeah. Um, and then Henry's, like, I'd rather be waterboarded. Your country could arrange that, <laughs> couldn't they? And, like, just, like, a bunch of, like, political insults, etc. Yeah. And then... That night, back at Kensington Palace, Alex and Nora are FaceTiming, and Alex is telling her about how weird the palace is, and Nora is telling him about all her, like, grad school ideas and how she wants to buy a house on the top of a very tall hill and become, like, a recluse, essentially. I fucking vibe with this so hard. And then, suddenly, Henry walks in, looking all sleepy and dressed in pajamas, and... Alex, like, immediately hangs up on Nora. And Henry says that he was just looking for Cornettos. Um, I think that was a type of ice cream or something. Yeah, I think it's, like, where the ice cream is already, like, in the... Yeah. Like, deep in the cone. I've had them before. And that, he had run out in his own personal fridge. And then he knew that they had um, stocked some in the guest kitchen. Uh, Henry asks Alex if they need to rehearse for their interview in the morning. Uh, But instead, Henry snaps a picture of the Cornettos with uh, Henry's hand in the photo and posted on Instagram, getting like a shit ton of likes and comments. And Alex basically tells him not to overthink things. Yeah, like Henry wants everything to be perfect, but Alex is like, if you want people to think we're friends, like we just have to do normal, like 20 year old shit. Yes. And then as Henry is walking out, he kind of looks back at Alex and is like, oh, I didn't know you wore glasses. Um, because mm. um, Alex doesn't really wear glasses in public because it's like a private thing. Only people who know him know he wears glasses. And now Henry. Yes. He wears glasses, and glasses are hot. Yes. Um, The next day, they're on their way to the interview, and Shane gives Henry a pill. Um, 
We don't know what it is, though. I mean, I guess it's kind of, like, probably, like, I'm I'm assuming it's, like, maybe anti-anxiety medication. Yeah, or yeah, that that's nature. what I was picturing. Um, um, so then they do the interview, and Alex is clearly a natural in front of the cameras. Uh, next, they go do a charity event at a children's hospital, and we learn that Alex generally wants to be um, involved in politics because he wants to help people. And Alex kind of uh, thinks that Henry is stuck up, but then he eavesdrops on Henry when no cameras are around and realizes that Henry is being very sweet and chatting about Star Wars, this little girl, Claudette. And then Alex is complimenting Henry for actually having feelings. And then there's a sound of a pop that goes off and it kind of sounds like gunfire and the security guard like shoved them both in like this broom closet slash like supply closet I don't know and it's, and it's so tiny yes and they're all like very close and they're basically I think like lying on the ground I think they're like basically like spooning each other almost kind yeah because right? there's no room yeah and they're being like snippy and Alex like elbows Henry and Henry like grabs Alex and pins him to the floor and is like grabbing Alex's collar <gasps> etc mm-hmm. and Alex is like oh you do have some bite in you. And Henry eventually lets him go and is complaining that even when his life is in mortal danger, Alex is still annoying. (laughs) I love them so much. Alex starts asking Henry about Star Wars and pop culture. And Henry is basically like, I had a childhood, you know? Like, I'm not like just this robot. Yeah, like I didn't live under a fucking rock. Yeah. And Alex then wonders why Henry acts like someone he's not. And Henry like brushes it off which causes Alex to push him to open up more because technically they need to keep being friends even after this weekend. Like, they have to keep up the act. Yeah. So Henry is like, all right then, let's start with you telling me why you hate me so much. Good question. So we find out that when they were 18, they both went to um, the Olympics. And after Alex introduced himself, Henry literally turned to Shane and was like, can you get rid of him? (laughs) Yikes. And I don't think Henry thought that Alex heard him say that. Yeah, no, there's no way. But Alex did. And then Alex goes on to say that although him and Henry are similar, he has to work harder than Henry because he's the son of the first female president. He's um, not white because he's um, half Mexican. He's half Mexican. And that people always come down harder on him. Henry apologizes for the day at the Olympics and basically says that it was around the time that his father had died and he was basically a prick to everyone. Yeah. And then Alex thinks to himself about Henry's actions with the kids at the cancer ward and um, he remembers his father's funeral being televised and he realizes that Henry and him might have more in common than he thought. Yeah. Um, might be more similar than he thought. Because I think that Henry's father died of cancer, so... Yeah. Yeah. And then it goes silent for a bit and then Henry swings back around to Star Wars and says that his favorite movie is Return of the Jedi and Alex makes fun of him saying that Empire is superior, but Henry retaliates saying that Jedi ends with feelings of love and hope and then they get interrupted by their bodyguards who um, give them the all clear. And then later at the palace, Alex puts his number into Henry's phone and tells him, no booty call, please. <laughs> I love it. Um, so they're back in America now and all the press from the England tour is super positive, which makes Alex's mom happy and mm-hmm. Zara really happy because it makes her job way easier. There's also this blog post of a shit ton of like gifts of Alex and Henry and someone commented like under the gifts like, oh my fucking god, make out already. And I'm like, yeah, if that's not the most like millennial Gen Z shit to happen, like I literally don't know what is. Like commenting on the people like, just kiss already. Anyways. It's um, a Barbie doll thing all over again. Yes. Trying to smush their faces together. 
Now kiss. Um, later that day, Alex goes to visit Rafael Luna, who is a senator, an independent senator, who Alex campaigned for in 2018 and he developed a friendship with because Rafael is like pretty young at only 39. So I guess like Alex um, wants to like emulate his career kind mm -hmm. of thing. Um, also, he's hot. So there's that 10 yes. out of 10. Oh, and like side note, which I thought was like fucking hilarious. Um, so I guess like they a lot of the senators have their like offices in the same like building or whatever and apparently like one time alex vandalized mitch mcconnell's office to say bitch mcconnell and i just i was like oh man that's fucking funny and i did not know who this person was yeah he was part of the uh, previous administration i believe i don't really know a lot about him i just know that um not a lot of people like him okay Good so i feel like Good to know. Someone, I had to look him up. I had no idea who this was. Yeah. Um, anyways, so Raphael teases Alex about his, like, European vacation and if he should expect, like, a joint gift from Alex and Henry at Christmas. And Alex steers the conversation away from this and to this other independent senator named Connor, um, who low-key gives me, like, Bernie Sanders vibes. Because, like, Connor is this, like, older independent senator who, like, you know, is really passionate about a lot of, like, social issues and stuff and, like, Shit like that. So I was like, oh, Bernie Sanders. Anyways, and Alex needs intel on this senator because they need to know if he's going to endorse Alex's mom. Um, Raphael gives him the lowdown and gives him like low-key tips on how to win Connor's endorsement. And then he circles the convo back to Alex and Henry. He's telling Alex that Henry is like a looker and that he remembers Alex basically making like a Prince Henry voodoo doll last summer. <laughs> and like Alex is like, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Bye. Um, and they end off the conversation with Raphael telling Alex that he needs to get like friends his age basically, which is true. Like Alex really only hangs out with, um, his sister and Nora. Nora. Yeah. And which I mean, are of his same age. That's true. I think, I think like, um, Raphael's point was like, maybe you need, you know, friends who are not part of the uh, political system and live in the white house. <laughs> and he's like, mm, maybe not. Not for me. Exactly. Um, yeah, so he's like, go out and party and shit instead of trawling around in Congress members' offices. So, um, in response to that, Alex decides to go and find Maxine Waters, who is, I believe, like, this, like, really badass California, uh, representative who's been known to, like, take up, like, intense criticisms, rightfully placed in the most part, of, like, American, like, politicians and stuff. So she's, like, pretty cool. Anyways. Later that night, Alex is working on gathering like info about Jeffrey Richards, who is the front runner to lead the Republican Party in the upcoming election. But I believe they're still in like the primary mm -hmm. phase, so they haven't actually elected Richards to be the like, I guess, head of the Republican Party or like the representative for president, whatever. Um, his sister texts him to grab dinner with her at this moment, but he ignores her because he's like working and ends up going to have like a pizza night with his family anyway. So I think he like doesn't go to dinner just one on one with her. He ends up going with his whole fam kind of thing. Um, his mother is there and so is his stepfather, Leo. And Alex's mom is a whole fucking mood and she like calls them opossums for the way that they like scarf down their food. She's basically like, how did I raise you? Which I feel like a very famous mom line. My mom has said uh, multiple times, like I didn't raise you in a barn <laughs> when we do like stupid shit. So mom handbook. They do this thing at dinner called like one good thing, one bad thing where they share things about their day. June says that her good thing was Ronan Faro tweeted her about her most recent article. And her bad thing is that Woody Allen is still alive. So, like, apparently June Loki wants to push Woody Allen down the stairs and make it look like an accident. And this is funny because, like, 
Ronan Farrow, I also someone I have no idea who that was. Okay, so I know he's a journalist, and I also know he's the son of Mia Farrow and Woody Allen, and I think he had a really big falling out with his father, Woody Allen, when Woody Allen married essentially his stepdaughter, like his own stepdaughter. So Ronan Farrow was like, peace. So I think that's why she relates the two, like, mm-hmm, good thing, mm-hmm. bad thing. Alex says that his good thing is that he filibustered his professor into changing the question on their exam. And his bad thing is that he hates the art of George W. Bush's dog on the second floor. (laughs) Ellen is pissed off at her UN ambassador because I think the ambassador says something stupid about Israel. So now she has to personally call uh, Netanyahu, who I believe is like the... Does Israel have a prime minister or president? I cannot remember. But he's a leader of Israel. Uh, but the good thing is that it's 2 a.m. in Tel Aviv, and I'm like, damn, bitch, we all have real different problems here um, than normal people. <laughs> so she can deal with it in the morning, essentially. Yeah. yeah. Like, my good thing would be, like, today I didn't cry, and my bad thing is that there were only nine chicken nuggets and my 10-piece chicken nugget meal. Like, those are the kind of problems I have personally, mm-hmm. but we are not the same. Nope. Alex is just in awe of his, like, badass mother, and then she turns the convo to the possibility of Alex, June, and Nora working on the re-election campaign. Alex is immediately into it and he would be like running point on policy. Nora would obviously be doing analytics and data shit because she's like a really fucking smart person. I think she went to like MIT, which is like, that's insane. They wanted to set June up as communications, but she's not into it because she wants to be taken seriously as a journalist and not get like stuck in like political Mm -hmm. journalism essentially, which is probably what's going to happen if she does this job. So ultimately it looks like June refuses. Um, The next day while in a lecture, Alex gets his first text from Henry and it turns out Henry is a funny fucking guy. Who would have thought? He's like a normal. He's a fun guy. He's just a normal human. Um, And before you know it, Alex is looking really forward to speaking to Henry basically like every day. He learns way more about Henry, about Henry's sister Beatrice, um, about his best friend Pez, his likes and dislikes. And he's grinning at his phone like a lovesick puppy when Nora calls his ass out and wants to know who he's texting. Alex is like trying to brush it off. Um, But Nora wants to know if Alex is watching videos of Justin Trudeau speaking French again. (laughs) Why is it that I feel like Trudeau always comes up in these places? I mean, mentions he's always mentioned places okay. about being hot. I mean, it's true. Like, let's be honest. He's regardless of how you feel about Justin Trudeau, he's good looking. He's a hot, like I Daddy remember, Trudeau. Like he's hot. I remember, like in history um, class in like high school, when you would learn about like his father being um, prime minister. Um, and there would yes. be like videos of Justin Trudeau young with his father, mm-hmm. and I was just being like. Damn, that kid's hot. Mm-hmm. And now he's also hot still. As he's a, still like, hot. As, a, as, you know. A, a whole ass human running a fucking country. Yeah. Yeah, no, he's gorgeous. It's actually really funny. I feel like, I don't know, normally we don't see this stuff in politics, but remember there was that, like, political, like, um, like the video thing, and it was, like, his hair is just good looking. Like, they were trying to, like, poke jabs at him for the fact that he was, like, good looking and saying that, like, that's all he had going for him. And I was like, what the fuck? Like, this is so odd that someone would literally put out this video because I feel like we normally don't see that kind of stuff but they were very butthurt over um Justin Trudeau's hot self (laughs) anyways so yeah she's asking him if he's watching videos of Justin Trudeau speaking French or if he's reading fan fiction about himself and fucking Emmanuel Macron who's the fucking president of France and I'm like who is writing fan fiction about these people (laughs) hey also Macron is into older women not younger men so I digress Anyways. Also, is there fan fiction written about, like, real people? Like, real, oh, like, celebrities and oh, real, girl. like, politicians? Oh, girl, yeah. A hundred percent. 
hundred. I mean, I've never really deep dived into. Well, you know, okay, you know that movie like that. After. I know that's about that's about like Harry Styles and a person like a girl. Yeah, that's very common. Like fanfic about like real people and um, like made up characters. I see. Yeah, so it's a real thing. I'm sure if we Google it, we could find it. Anyways, um, later that night, Alex asks Henry about his meetings and Henry tells him it was about like royal finances and how Henry has tried to refuse the crown's money and not cover his expenses with the spoils of centuries of genocide. And Alex has a massive political boner over that revelation because he's like, wow, like Henry is actually a good person who like considers these things. Then Henry goes, one does not foster a lifelong love of Star Wars without knowing an empire isn't a good thing. And Alex is like, damn, this man is proving me wrong left, right, and center. So this chapter starts off with Alex um, freaking out over the fact that the White House pays for the two turkey pardon turkeys to stay at a hotel suite on taxpayers' dollars. <laughs> so he tells his mom to just let the turkeys, um, who are named cornbread and stuffings, to stay in his room. And she's like, all right, here you go. Um, so she lets them stay in his room. This is, like, such a weird thing. Have you ever seen the turkey pardon? I didn't even know this was a thing, my friend. So literally the president, every year at, like, Thanksgiving for, like, Americans, which is in November, pardons two turkeys. A.K.A., like, saves them from being turned into, like... That's a, weird. I know. It's very That's odd. Weird. I don't know why it happens. Weird tradition, I guess. <sighs> so now yeah. Alex is stuck with these two turkeys um, who he's convinced are going to kill him in his sleep because... Um, he robbed them of their five-star accommodations. They know. They know that. They're yeah. like, bitch, I could have been staying at the fucking... Like Ritz-Carlson over exactly. here. Exactly. And you're making me stay in your fucking bed. Yeah. He texts Henry about it, and Henry wants, like, photo proof, so Alex snaps a picture and tells him that their gobbling is, like, menacing. And Henry is like, okay, sure, Jan. And this reaction makes Alex call him so that he can, like listen to the gobbling over the phone yeah so they're on the phone and alex is trying to get the turkeys to gobble but they won't and henry is like befriend the turkeys earn the turkeys trust buy our summer home in majorca with the turkeys essentially just like making fun of alex completely bullshitting alex and alex is like please shut up um i am traumatized <laughs> their call gets interrupted by henry's dog and his sister's cat who's named mr wobbles adorable and they end up talking about the great British Bake Off, which is what um, Henry was, was watching at the time when Alex called him. I kind of want to watch that show. Yeah, it seems... seems right? Good. I feel like it could show. see... I yeah. feel like it'd be something I'd enjoy. Yeah. Finally, it's time to get off the phone, and then they do that thing where, like, no one wants to hang up first. It's like, no, you hang up. No, you hang up. I've never no, done you that hang in up. my life. I'm like, bye. <laughs> the phone. It's like, you hang up first? Okay, bye. Yeah. Um, and then when they eventually do hang up, Alex wants a picture of Henry's pets, which Henry sends to him... In the form of like a bed selfie Ooh. with all his Hello. pets around him. Okay, so over the next couple of days, the White House is prepping for Alex and June's dad, who's Senator Oscar Diaz, to spend Christmas at the White House. Ellen and Oscar are divorced and they um, have a little bit of a tumultuous relationship and just uh, could not really handle each other. No, yeah. They yeah. weren't good together. Yeah, and June plays a mediator and really tries to make things easy and smooth um, for everyone. And they all spend time together, which makes Alex happy because it's nice, you know, having his extended and blended family all under the same roof. Mm -hmm. um, and then um, they have their official Christmas dinner on Christmas Eve so that um, Zara won't miss won't miss it before she goes home to see her own family. Mm -hmm. And then everything is going great until Oscar says that 
Ellen should let him campaign with her, and Ellen is like not into it because people don't like women, but they like mothers and wives. They like families. The last thing we need to do is remind them I'm divorced by parading my ex-husband around. Fucking... When I read this one, people don't like women, but they like mothers and wives. I was like, like, that's so true. Damn bitch. It's so fucking true. Because, you know, mothers and wives, they fit into these nice, like, roles that, Mm -hmm. you know, people would love to see a bunch of women fit into. But that's not everyone. That's not every woman out there. Um, So so this, like, dissolves into, like, a whole ass argument. And Ellen is yelling that she doesn't need Oscar to mansplain her own fucking presidency to her. True. true. And then Alex yells at everyone saying to, like, can we just have one nice dinner? And then he, like, storms out. Yeah. And then he wants to call Nora to, like, cool off, but she's, like, doing Hanukkah with her own family, and he doesn't want to bother her, so he calls Henry. (laughs) And he spends, like, an hour on the phone telling Henry all about his family and the fight at dinner, and Henry listens and is like, it sounds like you're doing your best, trying to, like, you know, make him feel better. Mm -hmm. But um, then they get interrupted by June coming into Alex's room and he hangs up on Henry because he doesn't want, like, um, June to know that he's speaking to Henry. Yeah, exactly. And then June says that um, things have cooled down and Oscar and Ellen made up and um, reminisced about how badass they were and it's all good. Mm-hmm. And I think they're drinking whiskey together yes. now. So um, you also get good. the vibe that June doesn't always, like, jive well with her mom's personality. Mm-hmm. And June wants to know what Nora said on the phone because that's who June thought Alex was talking to. Yeah. And Alex tells um, her that he was actually talking to Henry. Mm. And then June kind of freaks out and is like, Alex, you made a friend um, in, like, true older sister fashion. Yeah. And then later, um, on New Year's Eve, the White House trio is planning their, like, epic New Year's Eve party that they have every year. And Henry is set to come with his best friend, Pez. Hmm. And Alex gets all, like, hot and bothered when Henry arrives and is like, wonder why I feel this way. Wonder why. Henry um, introduces them to Pez, who immediately is taken with June and is like, you are the most exquisite woman I have ever seen in my life, and I would like to procure for you the most lavish drink in this establishment, if you will let me. <laughs> and June is like, lead the way, my friend. I love it so yeah. much. I'm so like, yes, June. They are- Get yours. So they do all the, you know, political BS and they have they have to do for the night. Like they do like speeches and yeah, shit. Yeah. Because they're raising money for a charity. Yeah, yeah. And Alex is hanging out with Henry when the whole party like starts really. And then Alex goes up to Henry and is teasing him about not dancing. And then like Get Low by Lil John starts playing and everyone freaks out because this song is like the shit apparently. Did you ever dance to this song? I don't even remember what the song is. It's like get low get low okay i'm not gonna sing it now i'm a really bad rapper but it's a good song i'll play it for you later i don't know what it was I remember when it was. you i feel like when you hear it, you'll be like oh yeah that was played all the time in like elementary school high school kind of thing um then nora and alex are dancing and living it up and eventually um henry joins in and alex is like fuck it up yes let's go and it gets closer to midnight and alex is like fixating on like henry drinking directly out of a bottle of moet and chandon um and he's like watching him hold the bottle and drink from it and my man is sweating it's like he's like look at his grip on that bottleneck he's like look at his lips around the top of the bottle like he's just loving life and then when it counts down to midnight nora and alex kiss because um that's what best friends do apparently Mm -hmm. um and they're both single so yeah they decide to kiss but when they stop kissing henry kind of looks upset Maybe he's a little jealous. This is so confusing. Why is Henry upset? Yeah, and then um, Henry kind of like goes outside and like like disappears for a bit. 
Um, and then Alex eventually goes to find Henry because, like, he's curious where Henry went. And he finds him outside by some, like, I don't know, tree? Some important tree? I don't know. Oh, uh, yeah. Some important garden. Who knows? And they're being all, like, snarky and shit. And then, um, like, their hands brush. It's very Victorian. I love it. And Alex is like, you didn't tell me um, what you were doing out here. And Henry's like, oh, sometimes it all gets a bit much. And then he asks Alex if he ever wonders what it would be like to be, you know, some normal anonymous guy with a normal life. They uh, then talk about um, their pretend lives a little. And Henry goes, I date more probably as well. Like, mm-hmm, if I had mm-hmm. a normal life. Yes. Um, and this... Um, confused Alex because he's like um how the fuck do you have a problem getting a date like you're like most eligible bachelor or something like hi hello you're you're a literal prince um and Henry's like well the options I like don't quite seem to be options at all and Alex is like dense as fuck and still doesn't get what Henry's trying to say oh my I was I literally wanted to beat Alex over the head yeah he's so stupid he's like one of those like super like super smart but so dumb. Mm-hmm. Want to punch him. So Henry goes, um, Christ, you're as thick as it gets, and kisses Alex. <gasps> and the kiss is wonderful, and Alex is, like, short-circuiting a little bit. Um, and Alex, I guess, moans, which makes Henry step back and apologize before running off and then leaving Alex in the cold. Ugh, I can't. Anyways, Alex cannot stop thinking about the kiss, obviously, because it was fucking magical. Um, and he's trying to, like, distract himself and keep himself busy, but um, he deadass wants to throw himself down the stairs. Like, he's like, I, I cannot function anymore. It's becoming difficult. He hasn't told anyone about the kiss, and my dude is, like, spiraling because Henry has basically, like, ghosted him. June is getting sick of his mopey ass, so she takes him out for a run. And while they're running, he's trying to pinpoint whether or not he's straight. So he's having a little bit of a uh, sexual crisis right now, as he calls it. So he's thinking about the first time he kissed a girl and how he liked it, right? So great. He's like, perfect, check, straight there. Um, But then he thinks about this guy, Liam, from high school and how, like, they hooked up in senior year. And Alex never stopped it from happening. I think it happened like a couple times at a party and whatever. And like, he never really said no. Um, He's confused as fuck because he's like, if I wasn't straight, obviously like I'd know. Like he's like, I'd know if I was gay. I'd know if I was bisexual, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. He also knows that his image is important, especially to the campaign. And he has to be as like universally appealing as possible, which is lame as fuck and super sad. Mm -hmm. um, That there's that potential that he might have to like hide who he truly is for campaign purposes. And then he starts thinking about Henry and how fucking hot he is and what he'd let Henry do to him. And while he's thinking about this, he trips and skins his knee because, you know, he can't function when he's thinking about Prince Charming. June comes up to him and is like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Your head is clearly in another solar system. And he like brushes her off and they go back home and he pulls a Bella Swan and lists three things he knows for sure. One, he's attracted to Henry. Two, he wants to kiss Henry again. And three, He's irrevocably and unconditionally in, in love, love with, with Henry. Henry. <laughs> it always no. comes fucking back around to Twilight. <laughs> That's not number three. Number, number three, three is, is he has maybe wanted to kiss Henry for a while, as in probably this whole fucking time. So when he gets into his room, he pulls out um, this binder his mom has called demographic engagement, who they are and how to reach them. And I guess it basically just has like a bunch of demographics in the United States and how they can best like appeal to them politically 
and socially and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And he flips to the LGBTQ plus section on bisexuality. Um, the next day he tells his mom that he wants to start working on the campaign immediately and not wait until after he graduates, which she agrees to, um, which like to his excitement and all the work still doesn't stop him from thinking about Henry in the shower. That's his new favorite image to think about. He goes to visit Nora because he thinks that she's the obvious choice to help him work out his shit because she's vaguely bisexual. And I think he says that because she's never like, like, I don't know if she's necessarily said it out loud or had this like, you know, massive coming out experience like some people have. It's just like, she's bisexual. That's mm -hmm. who she is. Um, when he gets to her apartment, she's like waist deep in work and polling numbers and being like a badass smart woman. And he segues into the conversation by being like, hey, remember when we dated? And she's like, yeah dot 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 like where are you going with this and then Alex goes well knowing me as well as you do what are the odds of me being into dudes and Nora is like oh I'm so fucking glad you asked 78% chance of latent bisexual tendencies and 100% chance that this is not a hypothetical question um so he tells her about New Year's and she's not surprised like in the slightest because like Henry is gay and you're hot so duh like hi hello like mm -hmm. it was inevitable Alex is shocked and he's like what the fuck how do you know Henry is gay and Nora is like because I'm literally not dumb like I I don't know how you don't know she's so confused it's so funny um and she does that thing where she like gestures vaguely she's like uh because I'm not dumb hello hello Alex is confused because Henry goes on dates with women and Nora's like well princes aren't allowed to be gay why do you think they're always photographed together such a bummer can you imagine what if there was actually, like, in the monarchy? I mean, probably like, has Chances been. are, yeah. right? Like, especially, like, I mean, the monarchy's, like, like a long line, like, mm -hmm. from, like, generations and generations. There had to have been. Like, yeah, and I'm sure they weren't allowed to come forward with it. That's such a bummer. Oh, 100%. It's such a bummer. I mean, and who's to say there isn't one currently? And we'd never know. No, you literally never know. Um... Nora wants to know what the kiss was like because obviously, hi, hello. Um, and Alex is like, bye, I'm not telling you. And Nora is like, why are you being such a prude all of a sudden? Last year, you made me listen to every nasty detail about going down on Amber Forrester from June's internship. And I'm like, oh, they're really close friends. Is that a real person? I don't think so. Oh, okay, cool. No, no. I didn't recognize the name. So if it is a real person, I literally don't know. Um, he admits that the kiss was good. And she's like, I knew it. Still waters deep digging. Prince Henry is a biscuit. Let him sop you up. Amazing. 10 out of 10. Uh, Nora is like a whole fucking mood, truly. Mm-hmm um Nora's like well you've been waiting for him to dick you down forever so like congratulations and Alex is like what are you talking about like I'm what do you mean dick me down forever which um and this statement causes Nora like analyze his ass and she's like you have Draco Malfoy level obsession with him you look at your phone all day blah 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 like she's giving him all these reasons of like you're literally fucking obsessed with the guy mm -hmm. like there's nothing else to say and Alex is like okay but where does that leave me in terms of my sexuality and Nora is surprised because she thought that he knew that he was bi and Alex is like I don't know am I and Nora tells him that she can't tell him that um she's like dude I touched a boob in high school and I knew I was bi like it wasn't you know rocket science for me kind of thing mm -hmm. she asks him what he's going to do about the situation and he tells her he doesn't know because Henry ghosted him Nora reminds him that Henry is probably freaking out and that Alex is going to have to decide how he feels about Henry um and actually tell Henry mm -hmm. they end off the conversation by talking about the election and like that's that they put it to bed Later that week, Alex is chilling with June and she drops off magazines for him and Prince Henry is in one of them because he went on like a date with a girl. So they were like photographed together and Alex is like 
pissed at first but then comes to realize that henry constantly has to hide who he truly is which like dissolves alex's anger into sadness um which i think is what i feel about the situation mm -hmm. He has this little epiphany that it's not very straight of him to react this way um, to his frenemy kissing someone in a magazine. Um, he wants to talk to someone about it, someone who knows the look in his eyes when a boy touches him, but obviously he can't call Henry. So he calls Liam, his old hookup from high school. And I don't think they've talked. Yeah, in a very it's long been time. a while. And I don't know if they necessarily have the best relationship. Liam picks up the phone and is like, what the fuck are you calling me for? Like, I'm out to brunch with my boyfriend. And Alex is like, hey, back in high school, did we have a thing? And Liam is basically like, I don't know what kind of sexual crisis you're going through, but what we did in high school was super gay, even though you acted like it wasn't. And this makes Alex awkwardly apologize to Liam before Liam is like, I'm going to drink my fucking Bloody Mary, bye, and hangs up on him. Mm -hmm. um, so fun time is about to go down because there's a state dinner and Henry is in attendance. Um, and Alex is like, damn it, Henry looks fucking perfect mm -hmm. and um they're forced to take some pictures together and alex is like we gotta talk but then they are pulled apart um and he decides to ask nora for help in getting henry away from his table um he then asks amy his secret service agent to get him and henry like alone alone um so like where they finally have like some privacy mm -hmm. and she seems to kind of get his vibe so she's like the best i can do is the red room for like five minutes it's like Ooh, red room 50 shades who <laughs> So Alex basically like yanks Henry into the room where Amy is like guarding the door and she's like, you're not going to kill him, right? And Alex is like, you don't know. He's Maybe. like, I don't know. We'll see. And Henry's like, what are you doing? And Alex is like, shut up and wants to punch um, Henry in his like perfect face. But instead of committing murder, he shoves Henry up against uh, the wall and kisses him. Excellent. 10 out of 10. Love it. And Henry's confused at first, but then kisses him back until he stops them and asks if they should slow down or go to dinner first. And Alex is like, we just had dinner. Stop <laughs> thinking so hard. And Henry's like, no problem. Um, and then um, Alex like shoves like a candelabra off a table and then pushes like Henry onto the table and they start making out against a portrait of Alexander Hamilton. I fucking love this. Uh, Lin-Manuel Miranda would be so proud. Yes, he would be. Mm -hmm. um, and they're fucking just going at it and grabbing each other. And then Amy is like, time's up. And basically that was like just seven minutes in heaven. Fucking yeah. Throw real throwback to like elementary school, high school. Do people still play seven minutes in heaven? Is that a thing? I have no Spin idea. Spin the bottle. Who knows? I literally When's don't know. the last time you went to like a elementary or slash high school party? High school. When I was in high school. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So they're basically uh, going to die. And then Alex is looking at Henry, um, who's all like messy and like his hair is all messed up and everything. And he's like, fuck, you look fuck. Literally, like you look damn hot. I love it. Um, and then Henry starts, like, humming God Save the Queen to try to make his boner go away. <laughs> um, should we give that scene a eggplant? I think so. At least an eggplant. Yeah. Or should we give it a spicy pepper? No, no, eggplant. Eggplant? Five. Because I love everything about them. Honestly, same. Like, I think when the candelabra got pushed off the table and they started making out against Alexander Hamilton, I wanted to get that scene tattooed on my body. Yeah. It's so, so good. Yeah. Alex is then, all right, you're going to leave me alone for the rest of the night. Um, and then you're going to come to my room at 11 p.m. And I'm going to do very bad things to you. And if you ghost me again, I'll put you on a no-fly list. <laughs> I love just 
the two political powerhouses that they are yeah. that they could actually make this happen honestly if need be uh later that night amy helps um henry find alex's room and they start making out and alex is like um standing over henry on the couch and is telling him about how pissed that uh, he is that he avoided him and that he went out with a girl and henry um asserts that he is gay and kissed alex because he was pretty sure alex might want him too and Alex is like, oh, so you want me. <laughs> this and, this guy focuses on, like, one particular thing in every single thing he listens to. Yes. You know? And then Henry goes, yes, you preening arse. Which I don't like that word. I, I'm sorry. I, British people, if you're listening to this. Just, like, say ass. Just say ass. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. Every time it said arse in this book, I, just, I read it as ass. I was just like, no. It doesn't say arse. It says ass. It says ass. Yeah. Is there a particular reason why it's arse and not ass? Does someone want to let us know? That'd be great. I don't know. I don't know. Um, and then Henry also says, I've wanted you long enough that I won't have you tease me for another fucking second. Which coming from Henry, I'm like, oh my god. So I'm obsessed with that. Obsessed. Um, so Alex straddles Henry and they make out some more, really getting into it. Uh, then Henry starts undressing Alex and then tells Alex to move to the bed. To the bed. And then he gets on top of Alex and spits on his hand to give Alex a hand job. He's, I think Alex's spirit leaves his body when Henry real, spits on his hand. It's getting real, real hot in this room. Yeah. Um, Alex is saying a bunch of profanities and tells Henry to stop because he doesn't want to come before he sees Henry naked. Valid. Um, so Henry undresses and Alex is like, all right, and um, slinks down to give his royal highness a royal blowjob. Um, Excellent. And Great Alex job. has never done this before, so he asks Henry to tell him if it's awful. <laughs> um, and it is evidently not awful because Henry is having a wonderful time and then kisses Alex right after, which surprises Alex. Yeah, because I think he says, like, sometimes girls don't like to... Like, continue making out after. Yeah, like, after you go down on them, they don't want to, like, make out with you. So Alex is, like, I think pleasantly surprised that Henry is like, yeah, I'm going to kiss you on the mouth. Um, Henry then returns the favor, and Alex is determined to send the shadowy gay noble who taught Henry how to do this a fruit basket. (laughs) He's like, please tell me who taught you how to give this much pleasure because I want to thank them. Yeah. And then after they're done, they're both kind of, like, blissed out, and Alex notices Henry's jaw clench, uh, so he tells Henry not to worry, that nothing has to change, and that um, they're the same as before, just with blowjobs. This is so classic. So friends with benefits. Yeah, friends with benefits kind of thing. He's like, oh, we don't have to, like, date, we don't have to, like, change our relationship, I still low-key hate you, but, like... Now with blowjobs. Now with blowjobs. Um, then Alex confirms that um, he's bisexual, and Henry reiterates that he's gay, um, before getting dressed. Uh, and then it's, like, a little awkward, and then Alex is like, you just had my dick in your mouth, you can kiss me goodnight. <laughs> and that's what Henry does before he leaves. Spicy pepper? Oh, absolutely. Let's do it! A million! <laughs> Honestly, I love them so much, so. I, th- I think that's what's really affecting my, like, rating. I know. I love them, and I think the banter is so good. Yeah. And I love the fact that, like, Henry is this, like, really prim and proper character- in like you know social what's settings. that saying oh uh lady in the streets freak in the sheets that's what henry is. literally prince in the streets 
freak in the sheets. Yeah. And I just love when like Alex does something that makes Henry swear or like, oh, I fucking love it. So honestly, like, yeah, this is fucking five out of five spicy pepper ratings. Absolutely. She writes some sex scenes very interesting. Yes, we talked about this. It's like um, vague in a way, like you know what's happening, but it's not like as explicitly written as other sex scenes we've we've yeah. read. And I don't think this book is in the YA section, correct? No. It's in the adult fiction. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I think so. Um so it's definitely like explicit, but it's it's just interesting the way she wrote it and I don't know if that was maybe like it's just her writing style that it's not as like forthcoming necessarily yeah it's definitely not as explicit as other things yeah that we or i don't know and maybe it was just like a stylistic choice that she like decided to make but But like still know what's happening you get the gist and there's enough explicitness to make it like a really hot enjoyable yes like smutty scene to read like 10 out of 10 good job yeah um so then two weeks later henry invites alex uh to a charity polo match in connecticut um, and he goes under the, the guise of, like, keeping up, like, geopolitical relationships. <laughs> and then Alex is having an excellent time watching Henry bounce up and down on the saddle of his horse. Yep. And then once the match ends, Alex tells Amy that he's going to say hi to Henry. And uh, and Amy is like, I don't want to know. She's like, plausible deniability. Yeah. Don't tell me. Just go and yes. come back in one piece. And Thanks. then Henry ends up leading Alex to this, like, tack room that Alex calls a rich white people sex dungeon. Yeah, because it has all like, the, like, like whips and like saddles and yeah. bridles and yeah. stuff like that from the uh, from horses. The, yeah, and then um, Henry's outfit is like really doing it for Alex, and they give each other blowjobs. Yep. And then when they're done, Henry is like, "Are you going to be anywhere near Kensington Palace anytime soon?" And Alex is like, "That shithole, not if I can help it." <laughs> and then Henry jokes that he's going to throw Alex into the dungeons and Alex is like hey don't threaten me with a good time (laughs) I love it um now they start exchanging emails and just having like the best fucking banter that ends off with um Henry trying to get out of a summit in Germany so that he can meet Alex in Paris yes so now they're literally rearranging their fucking political schedules and social engagements to see each other Mm -hmm. all over the world yeah literally all over the world um henry does end up getting out of germany and him and alex end up hooking up in paris um then at the end of march they meet up in new york city and end up having like birthday hookups in a hotel room involving a lot of champagne and cupcakes at this point in the book i think i was i was confused as to whether or not they had had sex yet but i don't think they have no they've just um they've just like hooked up should we give before you continue yeah the polo match blowjobs a spicy pepper rating. I think I would give it like a 3.5. Like it wasn't like super, it was just like a little, like a little sprinkle of like spice. It was like, here you go. Yeah, exactly. I would say like 3.54. Yeah. I, again, I think the banter really elevates it for me. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So they end up having birthday hookups in a hotel room involving a lot of champagne and cupcakes. And then they don't see each other um, for weeks after, but they text all the time and really get to learn a lot about each other. So clearly they're developing past just like a, you know, friends with benefits relationship here Mm -hmm. um alex is always really impressed with how engaged henry is with the gay history of his family's country and this actually inspires alex to become more engaged with his own like his own gay history of his own country kind of thing when he sees henry next at a gala in berlin he ties henry to a bedpost with his tie and henry gives him a hickey which zara sees 
and freaks out over. She's like, what the fuck? Because she doesn't want him to jeopardize the election at all and asks him if the girl needs to sign like an NDA, which Alex like brushes off. He's like, if she needed to sign an NDA, like I'd let you know, like it's chill. Don't worry about it kind of thing. Don't worry. I already signed one. No, literally though he did. Cause when he first started talking yeah, to Henry. Yeah, he signed one with Henry. Yeah. Exactly. Um, but clearly Zara is like super suspect and so is his sister June. Like they both know something is up. Um, when Henry and Alex talk next, Henry seems a bit off and Alex coaxes it out of him that his family is having issues. So it turns out some years ago, someone aired out Bee's um, dirty laundry and gave her the nickname Powder Princess because of her cocaine problem. And if you remember, Bee is Beatrice. Henry's um, older sister Mm -hmm. and someone very recently broke into like I don't know where the fuck they keep their cars at Kensington Palace and spray painted Powder Princess on the side of B's car and I'm like what kind of lax security I feel like that would never happen never and if it did happen it'd be like fucking DEFCON 5 like like they probably have cameras everywhere that's what I'm saying even if it did happen they 100% would have figured out who did it yeah exactly um so henry is obviously really upset by this because he just wants to protect his sister at the end of the day like even though he's the younger brother like that's his sister after their father died b kind of like spiraled so she got involved in the london club scene and started sneaking out to play guitar at shows and got addicted to cocaine so her brother philip and her grandmother the queen end up taking her to like rehab like they literally just like pick her up deposit her and call it like a wellness retreat or something like that and henry says that his mom wasn't really involved ever since his dad died and like he makes this comment that his mother just doesn't have it in her to be part of anyone else's happiness anymore like she was really devastated when her Mm -hmm. husband died obviously b checked herself out of rehab after like six hours and called henry from a club and he went to pick her up crying to her that you know their dad was dead their mom was not with it and he was gay so he wouldn't really know what to do with himself if b died too or if something awful happened to her he thanks alex for listening and alex wants to know if um anyone else knows that henry is gay he says that b knows but that his dad probably suspected and that his grandmother basically told his ass to hide his deviant desires so like people know just like not flat out yeah like his sister knows flat out yes but everyone else kind of like suspects yeah and then just tells him to kind of like mind his business mm-hmm. and like don't do anything in public that could like ruin the image of like the royal family which mm-hmm. is fucking ridiculous henry also tells alex about his father and alex chats about his family and all of a sudden they've literally been talking for hours and the conversation ends up with them admitting that they aren't seeing anyone else and that they miss each other i don't Oops. know I don't know, friends with benefits don't necessarily miss each other like that, I'm just saying. Later, Alex is working on something called the Texas Binder, in which he keeps all the info about Texas because he's holding out hope that they can flip Texas blue in this election. So Texas, I guess, is like historically a Republican state, so they're hoping in this one it is Democratic because I believe that um, the last election they thought it would be blue when his mom got elected because she's from Texas, but it wasn't. Mm -hmm. And that was upsetting for them. He ends up missing dinner with June and he finds her in her bedroom eating pasta out of a takeout container like the queen that she is. And she's pissed because she tells him that he's turning into mom and that maybe there's like another way to like live life that he doesn't have to be a politician and like, you know, dedicate his life to like fucking other, you know, endeavors such as these. And Alex is like, what the fuck? I've always been like this and you've always backed me up until now. And then she blurs out, well, that's before you were fucking the Prince of England. (laughs) Mic drop. 
So basically, how did she figure it out? Literally, though. Um, she basically says that she always knew that he was into Henry and that she thinks Henry is his match in like a lot of ways and that maybe there is more than one way to live life and that he can be with Henry if he figures out a solution because it would be very difficult for them to be together if they were both these like big, like, you know, I guess like international powerhouses kind of thing. Much to think about. Later, Alex ends up graduating and during his graduation party, it is officially announced that it is going to be Claremont, which is his mom's last name, Claremont versus Richards in the election because the other Republican dropped out of the primaries. Um, so everyone's like kind of spiraling, freaking out. People are like sneaking off, reading things, da da da. And I guess he sees his dad and Raphael Luna like go to talk into this like room or whatever. And he like sneaks in after them to eavesdrop. And they seem to be talking about this like political underhanded plan that isn't backed by like the president to retaliate against like the Republican party. Like it's all very like confusing what's going on and Raphael doesn't seem into it but like Alex's dad is really pushy and Alex is just like really confused because he can't make out what the plan is but he kind of like he's like all right I'm, I'm a table that that next weekend there's a fundraiser in LA and Alex and June and Nora go and meet up with Pez Henry and B after the fundraiser they go to a karaoke bar in West Hollywood and literally have like the best fucking time and in their drunken haze Henry and Alex hook up um in the bar's bathroom which is just simultaneously hot and disgusting at the same time because I'm sure the bathroom is was not, not the clean. cleanest exactly um and then Henry gets drunk enough to be convinced to sing karaoke which was like it, this scene was very wholesome to me mm -hmm. they were just truly living their best most free lives in the most like normal way possible um when they get back to the hotel B takes one room um and then she puts Nora Pez and June into another room and then hands the third key to Henry and Alex telling them to behave themselves before like disappearing um when they're alone they start to hook up and Henry and Alex end up deciding to have sex and Henry has had sex before with a man but Alex hasn't and Henry kind of like takes the lead and they have this like really wonderful fun slightly drunk time that finishes in like blissed out orgasms and more like makeout sessions and like five out of five hundred percent but th this sex scene wasn't as explicit as example for from like their hookup scenes mm -hmm. like this sex scene reflected a lot on like you know the situation at hand Alex is having sex with a man for the first time it's all very like contemplative and like sweet and like whatever and it's not as like raunchy um I feel like as the hookup scenes were but still, still like five again, out of five peppers because I love them the banter is immaculate yes. I love them so much five out of five and it was very like it was very sweet mm -hmm. like it it was just very like happy fun light like just like you would expect like a first time to be like a good first time kind of mm -hmm. thing the next day they shower together and get ready and Henry is like clearly bummed out because he basically has to go back to pretending to be straight, essentially. Um, they meet the others in the hallway and Nora, Pez, and June all kind of look like sheepish. Like they're all like coming out of the room together and I'm like, oh, did they like have a threesome last night? I guess we'll never know. I guess we'll never know. Na -na 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 -na. <laughs> TikTok sound. Um, Nora actually has a lipstick print on the back of her neck. Again, I guess we'll never know. I guess we'll never know. And Alex now realizes that he actually has friends. There's the six of them. Six, a little group of six. A little group of six. Yeah. Uh, so this chapter kind of starts off with an exchange of emails between Henry and Alex, um, where they wax poetic about how beautiful each other is, how much they miss each other, how much they want to have sex, and it's all 
fucking delicious and I love their emails and please read the book if anything just for their emails honestly it's so cute yeah did you read did you see um oh I think it was Emma Emma Joe on um Instagram yes who she sent she, us she like tagged or she sent us in um this DMs, thing the yeah. author had posted she wrote like a little Christmas letter that Henry would have written to Alex which was so cute yes she just she gets their voices like really um down pat mm -hmm. it's great um so in other news the campaigns are getting um dicey and the republicans are hitting the president's campaign hard and alex gets into an argument with this guy on the campaign named hunter over like racism and bigotry in the country and hunter thinks that they're wasting time trying to turn texas blue and alex is telling hunter that bigotry doesn't just exist in red states and that if they made an effort to campaign to voters in red states who would vote Democratic, then maybe um, they're, they'd be encouraged to vote because they'd see that they were cared about. Yeah, because I think um, they just finished a rally in Houston or in Texas, I believe. I'm not 100% sure. And Hunter is like, honestly, I don't know why you guys are doing this. Like, it's always going to be a red state. And um, Alex is like, that's literally not fucking true. Like, hi, hello. Mm -hmm. um, and obviously it's like, you know, that's where the president comes from too right yeah exactly and alex was born in texas so texas is a bit of a of a soft sauce yeah like it's a sore spot yeah yeah he's he's very protective over texas yes and he really wants you know texas to be blue yes um hunter is confident in his assessment that there just aren't as many bigots in blue states and alex reminds him that there are clan chapters in every state and ends up like storming out telling hunter to remember that he's working on a campaign for someone that texas created yeah so he's basically saying like hey buddy like there are literal racists and bigots like all over the country exactly. and like we can't you know count out red states like we have to appeal to people there who want to feel heard and cared about by like the democratic party mm -hmm. um and then we get this cute little scene of a group chat with alex nora june and henry where nora asks the group about an outfit and henry goes bitch you took me there like can i just read this to you because it is so funny so nora goes hey what do you think of this look for the college voter thing tomorrow and then she sends a picture and she's like, I'm going for, like, depressed lesbian poet who met a hot yoga instructor at a speakeasy who got her super into meditation and poetry. And now she's starting a new life as a high-powered businesswoman selling her own line of hand-thrown fruit bowls. And the prince goes, bitch, you took me there. Which is, like, I love it mm -hmm. so much. Uh, then later, Alex ends up going to Wimbledon and sits in the royal box with Henry. Um, and they're joined by Bay and um, Philip and his wife, Martha. Philip reminds me of Percy Weasley. Yeah, but actually, like, you that's, know a good, I mean? that's a good assessment. Like, he's kind of, like, really up in his own shit. Like, he thinks he's, like, kind of, like, God's gift to Earth. It's his duty to be, like, blah, blah, blah. Like, yeah. It's it's definitely interesting, his relationship with his siblings. You kind of get the vibe that they're not all uh Yeah, they're not all, other. exactly, yeah. And then uh, Philip ends up making fun of Pez, saying that he's a bit much for Wimbledon and with the frocks he wears, um, and then makes a comment about Henry not being able to find a wife unless he runs in the right circles. See, Percy Weasley fucking energy. Yes. And this makes Henry um, excuse himself, and Alex follows him 10 minutes later, and when Henry sees him, he's like, oh, has anyone shown you the clubhouse yet? And leads Alex to the storage closet and slams him up against the door, Telling Alex that he wants to do the last thing I'm supposed to be doing right now. Mm. And Alex goes, then 
Tell me to do it, sweetheart. Oh, sweetheart. When I read this, I was like, motherfucker, yes. my favorite, my favorite endearment. Um, I think also Alex calls him babe a lot. Baby. Or baby. And Henry like loves that. Yeah. And Henry goes, fuck me. Ugh. I passed out. And Bye. Alex flips Henry around and presses him into the door and says, just so we're clear, I'm about to have sex with you in a storage closet to spite your family. And Henry's like, yes. And Alex goes, awesome. Fucking love doing things out of spite. <laughs> Honestly, this was... This was a good scene. This was a I good do. scene. Like, this I love for this me scene. is, like, fucking 10 out of 5 spicy peppers. Like, again, yeah. any time I get swearing Henry is a good time. I love this scene And he was much. literally like, fuck me. And I was like, oh, oh my God. Yes. Um, they end up ditching Wimbledon, and Henry sneaks Alex into his rooms, and he plays him, like, a shit ton of, like, songs on the piano, because he's, you know, a pianist, of course. Of course. Which is perfect. Um, and then Henry takes him to his bed, and Henry lets Alex take him apart with painstaking patience and precision, and moans the name of God so many times that the room feels consecrated. I love that line. It's, it's akin to the line for me, like... He said my name like both a prayer and like a curse. Like that's that's the kind of vibe I get from this line. I fucking love it. And then Alex teases Henry until Henry's like, please, I need you to. And Alex is so in awe over the fact that he gets to hear Henry like this. And then Henry falls asleep on Alex after. And Alex is doing his best not to overthink this because clearly he has feelings. 100%. A lot of feelings. And I think he makes a common saying, like, maybe this is why he put off having sex with Henry for so long. Because he mm -hmm. knew that, like, this was going to develop yeah. kind of thing. And then back in the States, Alex is still working on the campaign and the race is getting even more amped up. And they found out that there's an independent senator that's being tapped for Richard's ticket, which is making them sweat. And then Raphael is not sharing any info if he knows anything about the candidate or not yeah he's being very hush hush yes and then during the dnc they're on air force one when they find out that zara has a boyfriend and they're all like excuse me what you have a boyfriend like hi hello um so they start bickering and zara threatens to sh to throw alex out of the emergency hatch when all of a sudden zara goes quiet because it just came out that the senator joining richard's cabinet is Raphael Luna. Ooh. And this is like a big like betrayal for them. So when I read upset. this, I was shocked. I was yeah, like, I how the coming. fuck is this going to turn around? Because yeah. I did not see this yeah. coming. And then that night in um, New York City, June and Alex are losing it over Raphael. And Raph is basically ignoring all of Alex's texts. And Alex decides to go to the hotel bar um, where all of a sudden Henry joins him. Yeah. Um, so he ended up staying behind in New York. Um, and let Pez go home alone. I think they were doing something. They were doing something to do with um, homeless youth, homeless shelters. Yeah, and, and, and they, they were supposed to have been gone before Alex got there for the yes. um, convention. But instead, Henry stayed behind. He stayed because he was worried about Alex. Yes, and so they go back to Alex's hotel room and he tells Henry how betrayed he feels, how Raphael is the reason why he wanted to go into politics. And he just wanted to um, believe that some people do this job in order to do good things because they care about people. Mm -hmm. And Henry assures him that he is good and they fall asleep together. Yeah. And then the next morning, Zara knocks on Alex's door because he's almost late for a meeting. And Henry goes to hide in his closet. <laughs> and Zara opens the door, demanding to know who she is, giving Alex, like, shit that he let her bring her phone into the room because he... 
she sees like another phone on like the she's assuming the he's like hooking up with the girl yes and she wants to know who who this person is but then henry stumbles out of the closet and is like hi hello and dara freaks out and is like oh my god we're all fucking fucked <laughs> and they tell her it's been happening since new year's eve and she's just like spiraling right now mm-hmm. and she's like you're literally putting your dick in the leader of a foreign state who was a man at the biggest political event before the election in a hotel full of reporters in a city full of cameras in a race close enough to fucking hinge on some bullshit like this, like a manifestation of my fucking stress dreams. I love Zara. Zara is such a mood. She she takes no shit from the first children or like anyone really. No, she does not. So then Zara says that he has to tell his mom after the convention and that Henry needs to go back to England before she personally ends him. Yeah, because the crown does not scare Zara. No, it does not. She's like, fuck you. I don't give a fuck. (laughs) So after the convention, Alex tells his mom that he's bisexual and his mom is super supportive and is happy he told her, like, you know, a wonderful supportive parent, Mm -hmm. wonderful human. Great. Um, Alex also, actually not even wonderful human. That is like the bare minimum bars on the floor. Like (laughs) great job. Like you are, you're a normal person for, you know, being happy and supportive for that. Anyways, Alex also mentions that he met someone and, uh, that someone happens to be Henry, the Prince of England. And his mom is a bit caught off guard about this and says that, um, she is clearing her schedule for the afternoon because she needs to prepare some materials and tell Alex, um, that they're going to reconvene in an hour. So when they meet again, his mom has made a PowerPoint presentation called Sexual Experimentation with Foreign Monarchs, a Gray Area. Her titles for things are so good. Oh my god. She tells him that she loves and supports him, but since it's Prince Henry, it's a clusterfuck and they need to have their ducks in a row. His mom is actually mostly concerned about making sure Alex hasn't used any, like, federally funded private jets to see Henry for exclusively personal visits, which they haven't, and she makes him sign, like, a bunch of papers to, like, cover their asses. So, like, basically, like, if he's using the planes to, like, go to, you know, fundraisers and events that he's actually supposed to go to and Henry happens to be there, like... It's okay. It's okay. Yeah. But they, he can't just, like, fucking fly to England to see Henry for, like, no reason on federally funded planes. Um, she also tells him that this is not just some person from class, so he needs to really think hard because he's putting himself, his career, and her campaign in danger. So he needs to figure out if he feels forever about Henry. And if he doesn't, then he needs to end it. She then tells him that he is off the campaign since it's too risky. And this, like, really upsets Alex because, mm-hmm. like, his whole shtick is, like, he wants to be a politician, he wants to campaign, blah, blah, blah. She then tries to have the talk with Alex and he, like, books it out of there real quick. He's like, bah, I'm not listening to this. <laughs> you know what? She's still your mom, even if she is the president. Alex then emails Henry telling him that he was kicked off the campaign and now has nothing to do. Um, so he's been looking through his college stuff and found an essay he wrote on Hamilton. And it makes him think that maybe Hamilton was bi because of how romantic his letters to Lawrence sounded. He writes out an excerpt um, from one of the letters saying that thinking about history makes him wonder how I'll fit into it one day. And he says, history, huh? Bet we could make some. And uh, remember this because this becomes a a thing. Mm -hmm. They email each other back and forth and the emails are like sexy and the banter is like amazing. And Henry is like writing poetry for Alex in them. And they start like signing their letters with quotes from historical figures um, to like other people in history, which is like, how fucking Victorian of you. Mm-hmm. I'm obsessed. Um, Alex invites Henry to his dad's uh, lake house in Texas that they go to every year. And Henry is like, obviously, and he's like, yeah, sure, let's do it. Alex picks up Henry at a private airport and they head to his dad's lake house with Nora and June. Henry meets Alex's dad and then Alex is talking to his dad alone while he helps like his dad cook food and they talk about 
like Raphael for a bit and Alex asks his dad why he picked him in the first place and he tells him that Raphael's parents actually kicked him out when they found out that he was gay. So like um, then Alex's dad kind of like took him under his wing mm-hmm. and his dad um, just knew like a fighter when he saw one. He was like, this guy is going to be great. Mm-hmm. His dad then changes the subject to Henry and says to Alex that he's not as subtle as he thinks, basically implying that he knows about his relationship with Henry. That's what I'm saying. Like, there's no way you're being subtle enough to like, especially these two horny fuckers. Especially if you know the people well. Like, I feel like if you know them well, it's easy. You'd be able to tell. Yeah, you'd be yeah. able to tell. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, if you're the on the outside looking in, it might not be as obvious. Yeah. But you don't know to look for it type of thing. Yeah. And if you're, and you have to know the person well enough, whether or not like bringing something like that up is like, you know, that's okay for too. them or yeah. like, or if that's going to be not a pleasant experience for them. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, his dad brings it up and his, his dad tells him that he supports him and tells him that uh, him and Henry better take the bunk beds tonight because Santa Maria is watching. That was so funny. I love it. Parents are parents no matter what, you mm-hmm. know, like no matter if it's a girl, guy, everything in between, whatever, they're like, hey, listen burn off fuck in my house <laughs> um so they're having like a great time at the lake house and alex is like slowly realizing he's in love with henry duh um then one night henry and alex sneak out and go skinny dipping in the lake and while in the water alex is about to tell henry that he's in love with him but like i guess henry kind of like senses it and gets like nervous and like swims away and changes the subject abruptly and gets out of the water saying like oh i'm tired and i'm going to bed so he like completely avoids the situation Mm -hmm. the next morning henry is gone and alex finds a note in the kitchen telling him that uh you know henry had to leave for a family matter and um he thanks him for everything and i think that's kind of like a really big fucking bummer Mm -hmm. for alex um so now apparently henry has been avoiding alex and not answering answering his messages and Alex is beside himself and doesn't have anything to distract himself with and then after a week he's digging in the back of his closet and he finds um this like kimono that like Pez had given him like on that trip that they went on yeah yeah um and he's about to shove it back in the corner because like obviously he doesn't want to be reminded of Henry Mm -hmm. um when he feels a piece of paper in the pocket um so it's a note written in Henry's writing that reads dear Thisbe I wish there weren't a wall love Pyramus mm-hmm. and Alex has no idea what it means, like me. So, like any normal person, he googles it and finds out that Pyramus and Thisbe were lovers in um, a Greek myth um, who were forbidden to be together uh, as they were children of rival families, and the only way to speak to each other was through a crack in a wall. Tragic. Yes. And at this point, this is just too much for Alex, so he texts Cash um, asking him what he's doing for the next 24 hours. Then he buys two plane tickets nonstop to Heathrow boarding in two hours. With his own money. Yes. I will say. He he doesn't use like... Exactly. Then when Alex arrives in London, it's like pouring rain and he's standing outside in the rain outside Henry's house and Shane is there in front of the door and won't let Alex in. And Alex is like, let me in or I'll cause a scene. (laughs) And so essentially Alex starts yelling for Henry to get down here and literally doesn't stop yelling until Henry shows up at the door behind Shane, telling Shane to just let Alex in. I thought Alex was going to start throwing shit. I was like, this man is going to break start, something. Yeah, he's going to start throwing rocks at Henry's window. Yeah. Like, it's just going to be kind of... going to be a very, yeah. like, 80s rom-com cheesy yeah. movie. Um, So Alex is let in, and Alex starts yelling at Henry on their way to his room, saying that he can't believe he ghosted him and won't even talk to him now. And then once um they're in Henry's room, Henry tells him that he's going to let him say what he needs to so that he can leave. 
And then Alex is like, what? And then we're over? And Henry doesn't answer. And so Alex kind of like panics, calling Henry an obtuse fucking asshole and tells him that he's in love with him. And Henry tells him that he can't do this. And Alex knows why he can't do this. Alex is like, so you're not even going to try to be happy? And Henry responds by saying, my birthright is a country, not happiness. Ugh. I know. Poor guy. My guy. He tells Alex, are you so fucking self-absorbed as to think this is about you and whether or not I love you rather than the fact that I'm an heir to the fucking throne? Mm. He says that he didn't think Alex would ever love him back. He thought Alex would just get tired of him eventually and he would never have to make a choice, essentially. And Alex is like, well, I do love you um, and you can choose. And Henry's like, no, I can't. Alex is like, fine, I'll leave then. And Henry's like, good, bye. But Alex like turns around and goes, well, um, I'll leave as soon as you tell me to leave. Calls his fucking bluff. Exactly. He pulls like a fucking Jude and he's like, deny me. <laughs> and uh, Henry can't. Yes. He tells Henry to tell him that he's done with him and he'll leave. And he, all he has to do is just say it. But obviously Henry cannot say it. So Henry instead shoves Alex against a wall and then kisses him. And Alex realizes that Henry is crying and then they have sex. They make up sex. Yes. Yeah. Very cute. Very cute. It was sweet. Yes. It wasn't like, it wasn't like, it wasn't like raunchy spicy. It was just no. very like. It was like endearing. Sweet. Yeah. See, I always feel like uncomfortable giving scenes like the spicy pepper ratings because I'm like, oh my God, it wasn't like, nah, fuck me. Like, rah. it was just very like, I love you. Like I'm crying. We're making up kind of thing. Maybe we need to come up with a new rating system. I don't know. Flowers? Flowers. <laughs> When it's sweet and endearing, or it's like flowers peaches or something. Yeah, they're like a sweet fruit. Like they're just so cute. Like this was adorable. Yeah, I it really love this scene. Yeah, it was good. Either way, yeah. it was good. Uh, the next morning, Henry brings Alex coffee and tells oh, him, yeah. "What? I just love when people bring me coffee. Oh. So like this is my love language." <laughs> Alex is drinking coffee and Henry's drinking tea. So very much like me and you. <gasps> Oh my god, stop. I'm Alex, you're Henry. <laughs> um, and um, Henry tells him that he went for a run to clear his head and he ran into Philip. And Philip was telling him about Martha, his wife, and the heirs that they have to start having soon, even though he hates children. Um, and talking to him made Henry realize that even though Henry isn't unhappy, he's like just fine. And that life is just not good enough for him. How fucking, you know what I mean? Can you imagine? You're. It's not that you're not happy. You're, you're just, just fine. Like, you're just fine. That yeah. fucking blows. Yeah. Um. He tells Alex that trying to give him up nearly killed him. Ugh. And even though he doesn't know if he'll ever be allowed to tell the world, he wants to one day. So he can offer Alex all of him in whatever way Alex will have him. Um. And like he can offer him a chance at a life essentially. Mm. And if Alex can wait, he wants Alex to like help him try. <sighs> And then after this beautiful speech, they proceed to make out and waste the day in bed. Which is the best way to, like, spend a day. Yes. And then later, Henry brings up his concerns that being with him will ruin Alex's career. And Alex tells him that they'll just figure it out on the way. Uh, Henry is like, aren't you afraid of what might happen? And Alex is like, well, of course. Um, and it has to stay secret until after the election. But if they wait for the right time and they do it on their own terms, it will be okay. They're very much in their, like, rose-colored glasses yes. phase where, like, yeah. everything is going to be fine. Yeah. Henry asks him how long he's been thinking about this. And Alex says, subconsciously, since you've kissed me. Mm. And Henry says that he's been thinking about it the whole time, like, since the Olympics, like, since they <sighs> first met. 
So he's like had a big fat crush yes. on him all along. Yes. And then late at night, they both sneak out and Henry takes um, Alex to the Victoria and Albert Museum. And Henry takes him to his like favorite room filled with like a bunch of statues and starts telling Alex all the stories of the statues. And then Alex brings him to this area filled with like church relics and an entire like high altar chapel from like a church in Florence. And then they slow dance in the chapel because it was always Henry's dream of bringing someone he loved here and dancing in front of, like, this blessed mother, like, chapel thing. And I love that because, like, obviously, like, the church relationship with, you know, LGBTQ plus individuals. So it was some nice symbolism, them dancing and having, like, this, like, really beautiful moment. Like, in this church, In this church, yeah. Yeah. For them, like, not for anyone else kind Mm -hmm. of thing. Uh, Then when it's time for Alex to go back to the States... Henry gives Alex his signet ring and he puts it on his chain with the key yeah. to his house in Texas. Yeah, which is cute. Like he, one of the most important things he has basically. Yeah. Um, okay. So they're emailing back and forth, obviously. And Alex starts the email train off saying that he misses Henry and that he's Han and Henry is Leia and asks Henry if he plans on coming like out to his family soon. Henry responds saying how much he like wishes he could just live in Alex's room but is unfortunately stuck in London and his gran, the queen, keeps asking when he's going to like enlist which I was like oh fuck like that's a thing I forgot that. Yeah. Like the royal family like they serve Mm -hmm. like in the army like even like it didn't William and Harry do it too I think so yeah I think I know Harry did for sure and he was very proud of his um, military service Mm -hmm. I believe um anyways he tells Alex that he's thought more about coming out to his family and that like be offered to be there when he tells Philip if he wants um so he thinks he might do it he's like I I might actually you know go through with this Alex responds asking him what enlisting entails and that he'll be there for like whenever he decides he wants to do it but to let him know if he needs to start practicing gazing wistfully out the window waiting for his love to return from war I'm like what a fucking guy um Henry responds telling Alex that he did it and told Philip he was gay and it went very badly um philip yelled at him a lot but the gist of it is that philip wasn't surprised to discover that henry was gay but more surprised that henry does not intend to keep pretending that he is the heterosexual heir he's supposed to be fuck off philip that's all i have to say to that yep and then he tells alex how he felt about him the first time he saw him at the rio olympics and it's super cute and romantic and please read this fucking book for the email chains and henry is just a damn poet he's such a poet yeah he's so well well didn't he want to be like a writer mm-hmm. and that was the thing he wanted to do he majored in like english lit, lit. yeah exactly um alex responds with an incomplete list of the reasons he loves henry and the list is super cute and romantic and like the best part about it is like it's like number 17 you're equally huge dick followed by number 18 the face you just made when you read that last one and i'm like i love yeah, but like go read the whole list go read the whole Please. list it's so worth yeah. it if i could i would have included the whole thing here but yeah, it's long we have you know this episode's oh, already gonna be 47 hours exactly so. <laughs> we have time limits um so the next time alex sees zara there is an engagement ring on her <laughs> finger and I saw this, I was like, I'm sorry. What and the both fuck? him and June are like shocked, but she won't tell them who she's engaged to. Yeah. Um, she's giving them like a detailed agenda of things they have to do for the campaign, blah, blah, blah. But then she gets sidetracked by breaking news from CNN that says leaked surveillance footage shows Prince Henry at DNC Hotel. People need to mind their business. Yes. Mind their fucking business. Um, so the footage is not like explicitly 
uh, damning, but it shows the two of them walking out of the bar together and cuts to footage from the elevator and Henry has his arm around Alex's waist and they get off on the same floor. Yeah, so it's not like the camera caught them like making out. Yeah, it just shows them that they were together. Yeah, and they're very buddy-buddy. Yes, uh, and they're all panicking, but June has an idea saying that technically she was staying on that floor too. So she could post a photo of her and Henry at the lake house on Insta and... Although they don't have to confirm or deny anything, they could basically just imply that, like, maybe Henry's seeing June. Honestly, when she suggested this, I was, like, like considering the situation and, you know, the fact that Henry is, like, not ready to come out to, like, the whole world. Like, mm-hmm. this was a really good idea. Yeah. Because they never explicitly say anything. She's just, like, mm, post it. Yeah. yeah. Think what you will. Um, Zara says that um, it's not a bad idea, and but they have to get Henry on board with it. So Alex calls Henry, and although... They don't really want to do it because, they, I mean, they don't really want to lie. Exactly. Um, but they decide to do it anyways yeah. for now. Um, June posts the photo and the media goes crazy. Obviously. And articles come out saying things like, did Henry's best friend Alex introduce them? And then to make it more believable, Alex goes on a date with Nora and they plan for June to go on a date with Henry. I think the media is still holding out for like... Uh, Alex and Nora to like officially get together yeah um so then when June goes on the date with Henry Alex sneaks in the car and stays in the car during the date and then after their date June and Henry like swap cars and Henry goes into the car that Alex is waiting in Mm -hmm. so they can have like a moment alone Mm. and Henry is basically having like a panic attack and Alex is trying to like comfort him saying that they're gonna make it work and they're gonna fight and he tells uh, him that he is never going to love anyone in the world like he loves him. And then they kiss. And that's it's just super so cute, cute. And I'm obsessed so with that. Sad. I like teared up when I read the scene because I was like, this man just had to like go on a date and pretend he's straight when he's clearly fucking like he's not. I know. It's that's very, awful. Yeah. But the, the line that Alex said was very sweet. Oh, sweet. Adorable. I love them so much. Ten out of ten. Yeah. He can be a poet too sometimes. Yes. Alex has been spending the days thinking of Henry and trying to distract himself by going on like long runs. Then one day he's returning uh, a box of files to his dad's office when... Um, he like hears noise from the floor above and because he's a fucking psycho he has the layout memorized and he's like oh i know whose office that is exactly so he finds um rafael luna smoking in his office and alex then questions like raf's motives for betraying them and working with richards and raf just answers saying that he wouldn't understand and alex tells him that he used to hope that he would be like raf one day but raf tells him to find another role model and to not be like him Mm. and then alex responds by saying that he already is like him or well close enough Mm. and at first raf doesn't understand what he means but then he gets it and tells uh, alex not to tell anyone and to go find a nice girl and marry her since he can do that and, and it wouldn't even be a lie since like he's bisexual right so he could fall in love with the girl exactly Um, Alex tells him that it would be a lie because it wouldn't be him, emphasizing, like, the him part. Mm -hmm. And Raph, like, understands, like, who he's talking about. Yeah. Um, and tells Alex that he shouldn't be telling him this information because he's on the opposition. Alex leaves then and gets, like, drunk, um, and sends a drunk email to Henry, basically saying how much he loves Henry's mouth and his body. Um, and then how Alex is like awoken in, like, in the middle of the night by the sound of Zara banging on his door, telling him to check the news. Um, and so when he does check, 
he finds out that someone has leaked all of the emails between him and Henry, as well as a photo of them kissing in the backseat of the car the day that Henry um, had a date with June. This is so gross. Like, the whole email thing is such an invasion of privacy. Like, that is so bad. Such a fucking invasion of privacy. Yeah. Like, you took someone's private... And, and like, it's not like they're talking about, like, fucking world events or nuclear No, codes. no, they're, they're very like, personal They're emails. just, like, professing yeah. their love for each other. They're two single guys. Like, mm. It was bad. Um, Alex immediately wants to contact Henry to check on him, but Zara takes his phone and tells him he's on communication lockdown until they figure out who leaked the emails. Yeah. Uh, Zara and Alex go to his mother's office, and she is surrounded by, like, members of, like, the, com- the Office of Communications trying to figure out what to do. But when she sees Alex, she orders everyone out, saying that she needs to talk to her son alone. She's going on mama mode. Yes. So alone, um, instead of yelling at him, she asks him how he's feeling. And he says that this isn't the way he wanted to tell people. His mom tells him that she is his mother and was his mother before she was president and will be his mother long after. So if he's serious about this and Henry, she will support him. She then asks him if he feels forever about Henry. And Alex says, yes. And then she says, then fuck it. And I'm like, yes, bitch, I fucking love you. That's mm-hmm. that's it. That's how you do it. Um, the Washington Post publishes an article about Alex and Henry quoting excerpts from their emails, which have now been called like the Waterloo letters. And I think there's like a reason for that, but I can't remember it off the top of my head. There is a reason. Yeah. Something to do with something that they say in one of the, le- the letters. Yeah. So, I don't know. Eh, go read the book, guys. <laughs> um, the article also has a quote from the Republican leader, Richards, who is worried about the president's abilities to be impartial on matters of international relations and traditional family va- Go fuck yourself. But also concerned about the private email server. Okay, listen. Clearly, whoever leaked it is not, like, I mean, it's most likely someone on the opposing party at least that's what i assumed when i read it i mean it could have also been someone inside like on the inside yeah so i mean i understand the concern about like the invasion of like you know the private email server and whatever but when he said that whole like oh traditional family values i was like get fucked richards okay that's (laughs) that's get out of here literally um so they're still trying to figure out who leaked the photos and the emails and Alex suggests Raphael because he had just told Raphael about Henry, like literally that night, like that day or whatever. But his mom says that the photos were taken before he told uh, Raphael, so it couldn't have been him. And for five hours, he's like shuffled from like room to room trying to do like damage control and isn't allowed to contact Henry. And when he's like finally released and um, he sees his family waiting for him, his mom june his dad his stepdad and they all like give him like a huge bear hug and it's all like it's very sweet and supportive Mm -hmm. and just they really care about him and like how he's feeling um and they bring him to his room and he's finally able to like get some sleep at uh one point he hears muffled voices in the hallway um of zara and his mom talking about how the royals aren't taking their calls and zara asked the president if she can have her permission to do something slightly outside diplomatic protocol and i'm like bitch what the what is she gonna do later that day Zara bursts into Alex's room, tells him to pack a bag because they're going to London. And I'm like, oh my God, they're fucking going to London. I fucking, yes, get on the plane. Um, She tells him that Buckingham Palace has shut down communication channels in and out. And so they're just going to show up and demand a meeting. His mom has signed off on them telling the truth, but he doesn't expect that from the crown. Like they're like, well, we'll we'll tell the truth. I don't know what the crown's like concocting, like Mm -hmm. behind the scene kind of thing. Um, On the plane, Zara calls uh, Sean on his personal line, telling him that they will be arriving in six hours and that he will have a car waiting for them and they will meet the queen or, and I quote, I will personally make your balls into fucking earrings. Is it Shane or Sean? I don't know. I say Sean. 
I say Shane. It's fine. Whatever. No, not a huge it, deal. Interchangeable. Okay, it, guys. In, interchangeable. So if you hear us saying Shane, Sean, same person. Same person. Um, what else do you expect at this point from us? <laughs> then um, she tells him to pass the phone to Henry and she gives her phone to Alex and Alex finally gets to talk to Henry and they both agree on the phone that they both want to tell the truth. When they hang up, Alex thanks Sarah and asks her why she waited so long to use like Sean's like personal number. He's like, hi, hello. Like if you had it the whole time, mm-hmm. like why didn't you just use it? And she then tells him that he's her fiance, but some of us understand the meaning of discretion. And they had agreed not to use their personal numbers for work contact. And I'm like, I did not see this one coming. I didn't see it coming either because like they literally never talk like at all unless they're with like Henry and Al. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I mean, I guess we never saw their relationship behind the scenes so. exactly and like i guess maybe they probably met through the fact that like they yeah, were probably you know what i mean yeah they finally arrive at kensington palace and alex is reunited with henry and it's wonderful and it turns out the queen is fucking livid because she's a dinosaur and philip has come by a few times to try to talk to henry but b like didn't let him like literally was like fucking barricading the door she's like mm-hmm. you're not talking to him and his mother also came by once to tell him that she loves him and that like you know he could have told her sooner Henry eventually falls asleep in Alex's arms and Alex asks B if there is something that Henry is not telling him and B tells Alex that Henry misses his father and she explains to Alex um, what it was like for Henry to lose his father at such a young age and how it caused Henry to have like a sadness and hurt in him that is tremendous and that Alex needs to understand that part of him and love that part of him as much as he loves the rest of him in order to be with Henry and I'm like my little baby. Alex tells her that he loves Henry with all that because of all that on purpose. so cute so cute i love them so much um philip shows up the next day barging in and yelling at henry for breaking the communication lockdown to bring alex here and calling henry stupid naive and selfish to think that his choice with alex wouldn't fuck them all telling henry that it is his duty to bury it all and hope that people believe that none of it was real again get out of here absolutely fuck right the fuck off yeah philip He tells Henry to remember his place in his family and to fix this, but Henry responds by saying um, that he doesn't want to fix it and that he loves Alex. Um, He tells Philip that he can take his legacy and his decorum and he can shove it up his ass because he's done letting him and the queen keep him pinned. I wanted to fucking clap at this part of the book. It's like, yes, you stand up. You do... Here for it. Here for it. Later, they head to Buckingham Palace to meet with the queen, and Alex notices that it doesn't look like Sean has slept in thrift. Poor guy. (laughs) Him and Zara are really, like, running fucking overtime. Um, He asks Sean and Zara if they are in a fight now, and she says, no, it's fine. They banged it out last night, and then her and Sean high-five each other. I thought when I read this, I was dying of laughter. I, same. I was, like, crying. Um, Once they get to the palace, they first meet Bea and Henry's mom, who tells them that she has come to fight for him, which is, like amazing considering she kind of hasn't like been around yeah clearly she's she's like i have things to make up for yeah so it's nice that she's like coming to bat even though you know might be a little bit too late but Mm -hmm. we'll see then they go into the meeting with the queen and she tells them how she knows that technology can be used to manipulate photos and make fake files appear and how none of it is actually real and asks henry if he thinks that any of this had to do with the reports of him and alex so she's basically saying like oh Maybe we can just cover it up. It's so easy to... Yeah, we can just tell people that it was all... Like, deep fake. Like, you know, fucking stupid. Um, Henry responds saying that all of it is real. He's like, no, it was not fake. I will not continue to act like it was fake. All of it was real. She tells him that her position is unchanged and that Henry's role in his family is to perpetuate their bloodline and maintain the appearance of the monarchy as the ideal of British excellence and she simply can't allow anything else. 
Boo. My whole thing is like move into the fucking 21st century. I know. It's like you're capable. You should be like capable of change. Like you should That's be. What you should be changing as the times change. And like, okay, realistically, and I think they talk about this. Imagine how it would endear them to the modern public to like come out in support of and defend Henry and stuff like that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But no. Stay in the dark ages. It's, it makes, it's better yeah. there, apparently. It makes no sense. Henry's mom chimes in, saying that they should at least talk about their options, and the queen is like, oh, what are their options, bitch? Like, I'm the fucking queen. Like, we do what I want. His mom says that coming clean could save them a great deal of face, since they wouldn't be treating it like a scandal, but instead an intrusion upon the privacy of family and victimization of a young man in love. See? Like, that's what I'm saying. Like, okay, fine. You want to make it a PR move? Spin the story. Like, be supportive. Hello. Mm-hmm. Um, the queen tries to convince Henry that it would be better for him not to have to go through all these unnecessary complications, seeing that it would mean years of reporters hounding him, and that they have resources to find him a wife and compensate her handsomely. They're going to pay a woman to be married to Henry, essentially. Knowing that Henry will never love her and that she cannot be with, like, ruining both their lives, Alex's lives. Bye. Absolutely not. You know what the easy thing to do would be? Just let him be with Alex, but... That does seem like the most easy solution. Obvious it? solution, but I digress. He tells her no, saying that he knows um, like it will be difficult and that he is part of this family and deserves to be happy as much as any of them. And he won't ever be happy if he has to spend the rest of his life pretending. The queen tells him that um, his birthright is still to produce heirs and Alex chimes in saying they could still do that. And the queen loses it being like, I didn't give you permission to speak. <laughs> It's like, bitch, relax. Don't be mean. Don't, Don't be, be fucking, fucking rude. rude. Literally. Fucking. Ugh, I can't. Philip says that um, that would raise issues of surrogates and donors and the rights to the throne. And it's like, who the fuck cares? Okay, shut up, Philip. No one One thing asks at you. a time, okay? One thing at a time, Philip. God. Um, the queen says that they can entertain hypotheticals, but it doesn't matter because they must maintain the royal image and that the country will not accept Henry. Henry's mom is like, we haven't even gotten a chance to see how the country will react. Like, hello. Bea's like, what, everyone? Shut the fuck up. And then she shows them Sean's tablet, which has, like, a BBC News report titled Worldwide Support Pours In for Prince Henry and the First Son of U.S., showing rallying all over the world with people holding um, signs and wearing shirts that say things like, first son of our hearts, free Henry, and history, huh? This part made me tear off. We're from the email. It's a direct history. quote. It's just very sweet. Um... Because, like, people come to... Anyways. <laughs> Am I going to have another cry? I think you are. Oh, my God. God. It's just very... It's very, like, heartwarming because... Should we call this... Should we rename this podcast to Come Listen to Cass Cry? <laughs> come cry with us. One crybaby. It's me. I'm the crybaby. Guys, I told you, I'm a cancer rising, and it just makes me a big, fat crybaby. And things like this really hit me in the feels because I just wish people would be nice to each other. Why do people think I'm the Hufflepuff? I don't know. I, don't know. <laughs> like, I mean, I am the Hufflepuff, but like, don't really see the Slytherin in you these days. Or the Ravenclaw. No, people thought you were Slytherin. Oh, that's true. That's true, too. I don't know. Anyways, this stuff just really gets me because I just think that it's one of those things that, like, these, like, no one's hurting you. Like, just let people be. Exactly. Like, let people be. Let people be. Like, it makes It no doesn't s- affect your life in the slightest. It just makes let people no be who they want to be. So it's, and it's nice to see, like, people come together for, like, causes that may not affect their lives, like, directly, but they're just, like, being supportive in any ways. It got me a little choked up in the book, especially after these last couple of years. Damn. Anyways, 
Henry's mom then gets up and opens the curtains of the window and they see like a bunch of people gathering outside the front of like Buckingham Palace in support and again I start like tearing up and the queen tries to dismiss it saying that this is hardly representative of how the country as a whole will respond and at this point Henry's mom has had enough and she basically threatens her like the queen her mother saying that she either accepts this or she will bring up her concerns of the old queen to parliament like how she can't keep the names of countries straight or meetings she forgets about essentially saying that she will try and have her mother like dethroned if she doesn't let henry do what he wants and i'm like oh yes yes i don't usually condone blackmail but like i'm super fucking into it like go for it love it um, the queen concedes saying that clearly like her daughter Catherine hasn't left her with much choice. They leave and Henry and Alex have like a moment alone to celebrate their victory. Then um, on Alex's like way to the airport, Alex sees a mural on a wall of him and Henry depicted as Han and Leia and it's just like super cute, super fucking cute. So I guess like as people are reading the emails, there's obviously some assholes in the world who see a problem with the things that, like, they were saying to each other. But there's also a lot of people picking out these, like, really inspirational, cute things and, like, making it, like, a positive. Don't you think that, like, hmm. people just went and read all these emails? Oh, 100%. But I'm saying, like, okay, was it a massive invasion of privacy? Yes. Absolutely. Bar- like, there is no other thing to call it other than massive invasion of privacy. But the fact that people are reading it, I'm... at at least there's like the consolation of that people are finding like hope in the emails and like beautiful things in the emails. Would you have read them? <sighs> I don't know. Like I don't know go- what I've done. Like the good part of me would say like no, I wouldn't read them. But the part of me that's like morbidly curious, um, and I think that would be enamored with a story like this, I probably would. Like just being completely transparent. I don't know what I would have done. I mean, I would have felt bad though. Like, can you imagine? I I can't imagine like emails like that being released. Like, no, even I know my own personal emails. Like, oh my god. But or I think, text messages. Like, no. no. But I think people are morbidly curious. I know. But... You know what I mean. So I'm happy. At least there's some good coming out of yes. this. Like, yeah. You know, of a city of a like a shitty situation. Mm-hmm. Anyways, um, he then calls his sister on the plane, saying that he needs um her help with something. And we don't know what that is yet. No. He's just like, I need your help. Bye. Yes. Um, Alex gets back to the White House and is greeted by June, who was wearing a history huh t-shirt. I love it. I want a history uh, huh t-shirt. Me too, right? June, the, can this be, can they make this a movie already? Like, I want this to be a movie so bad. I want it to be a movie so bad too. I just need a happy, like, like, love story on screen and it needs to involve a prince and the fucking first son of the United States. Okay? I, yeah, I need the movie. I need right it now. now. Um, June tells him that no one has heard from Nora in two days and Alex feels a bit betrayed, um, that she's not there, like, when he needed her most. Yeah, he's like, hi, where's my best yes. friend? Hello. And then June then hands him a piece of paper saying that here's the favor he asked for and he, like, opens it and reads it and tells her, like, it's perfect, but we still don't know what it is. I just assumed at this point she wrote something for him. Yes. I just didn't know what like, he was what, gonna use yes. it for, yeah. Um, then they're interrupted by Amy saying that the president wants to see them. So they go see their mom and then Nora comes barging into the room, slamming a folder down on the desk. Uh, the president reads the folder and is like shocked and asks Nora like how she got this. And Alex and June are very confused. But Nora tells them that the day um, of the leaks, she got an anonymous email from an account that was like untraceable. And the email contained a link to a massive file dump. And the person who said it said that they were a hacker and that the file contained the contents of the Richards campaign's private email server. So essentially the file contains proof that Richards set them up and was actively spying on 
Alex and Henry and hired the hackers who breached um, their email server. And Alex's mom wants to leak all this information to the press, but June points out that without someone on like the Richards campaign verifying that these emails are real, no major publication is going to run with the story. I mean, they'll probably run with it, but it won't be credible. Like, especially this close to, like, the election, they probably won't publish it, is what she's trying to say. Mm -hmm. Um, I feel like in real life, though, I highly doubt that. You don't think they would have just still run with it, even if they're not, like, verified? News, 100%. I mean, who was verifying those other emails? That's what I'm saying. Like, who's verifying shit? Even in this day and age, like, you see so many news stories and you're like, what the fuck? Like, all of Facebook is fake news. What do you want? All of Facebook. Oh, my God, please don't. If you read something on Facebook, it is 99.99% not true. Yeah. Public service announcement. (laughs) So, Nora shows them the email that the hacker sent her. And um, it is signed at the bottom with, like, a random combination of, like, numbers and letters. Um, But Alex recognizes it as Rafael Luna's Five Guys order that he had memorized when he worked for him. I'm sorry, this is such a sidebar, but Five Guys is, um, I don't know, maybe this is controversial. Not that good. Maybe it's better in the States. I don't know. I don't know. I didn't even know they had it in the States. But that's just me being dumb. It's definitely, like, an American company. Is it really? 100%. Because we have them here in Toronto. Yeah, but I think it started in the States. Oh, okay. Their french fries are really good because they literally fill your bag with fries, but their burgers are not that good. Anyways, hot take. Okay. <laughs> Yell at me in an email. <laughs> um, so it's clearly a code for Alex and a code that only Alex would understand. So Alex tells him that Rafael Luna sent this and tells his mom that if she offers him protection, then he's like 100% sure that uh, Raf will uh, be their confirmation. Yeah. So when they get... So then we get this like expert from a podcast talking about this whole like Richard scandal and how the Richards campaign like orchestrated this plan to have Alex like stalked, hacked and essentially outed mm-hmm. and that there is proof of this in emails that were confirmed by an anonymous source on the Richards campaign. The podcast also um, says that Rafael Luna has left the Richards campaign and they speculate that maybe he was the anonymous source. Fucking podcast getting you... Yeah. Your pertinent news. So later, Alex gives a speech that June wrote. um, And this was the favor that he asked of her to write him a speech. And when their mom reads it, she asks June why, you know, June isn't writing all of her speeches. um, Because she's she's an amazing writer. And then Henry is standing behind Alex as he gives this speech. And in the speech, he officially comes out as bisexual, telling the people that Henry is who he chooses to share his legacy Mm. with and asks America to not let, like, his actions affect their decision on who they vote for in the election and to focus on the campaign, not him and Henry. Go read the speech. It's very good. It's very cute. Go read the book. (laughs) Uh, Later that day, Alex goes to visit Rafael Luna and asks him if he knew what Richards was planning to do to him. And Raf says that he would have never let something like that happen to Alex if he had known. Alex then asks Raf to explain what happened. Uh, Raf explains that when he was younger, he interned for Richards, and Richards tried to sexually assault him. Ugh. What if... I know. Mm. So bad. Luna then threatened to take it to the papers if Richards didn't, like, leave him alone. But then Richards showed him, like, a file about stuff Luna did as a teenager and stuff on his family, and some of his family were, like, undocumented. undocumented. Um, and he called it, like, an insurance policy, basically blackmailing luna into silence (sighs) listen richards jump off a cliff okay i know this guy's pretty bad so when richards decided to run for president luna wasn't going to let a predator like him become president so he basically acted like a triple agent trying to get info on richards from the inside Mm. he was trying to find like any evidence of abuse and when everything came out about alex in the papers he just like knew that richards had 
to be like was involved in it mm-hmm. somehow. He was like, "There's no way he's yeah. not involved." So he looked for evidence, and he sent that file dump to Nora. Um, you find out Alex's dad knew about what Richards did to Luna, and wanted him to come forward with it. But Luna says that you know he didn't feel comfortable doing that. Yeah. Um, Alex asks if he will ever come forward with it, and Luna says that you know he's been thinking about it, and he knows that people suspect that he was the leak so maybe people will come to him with their own allegations against richards Mm -hmm. and then they can open like a full-out investigation and he also implies that um he would want alex to help on this case um if he becomes a lawyer and then side note you also find out that alex uh took the lsat in secret and hasn't looked at his results yet (laughs) yeah and then alex alex's dad shows up and they all drink beers and just like yeah yeah and chat so here we are final chapter. It is nearly um, four weeks later and Alex is in England taking the royal suitor photos with Henry. <laughs> like it has to be like official official. Yeah, they're you know making I mean? it official. Yeah. Um, after the photos, they meet up with B, who is in the middle of planning her first fundraiser. Um, after all the emails came out, they decided that B would start a charity fund supporting addiction recovery programs in the UK and Henry would start an LGBTQ plus like rights foundation. So I guess like after everything came out, both the siblings decided that they were going to take, like, a bigger role on the, like, international stage kind mm-hmm. of thing. We then find out that Pez signed over all of his, like, youth shelters worldwide to Henry because I guess his, like, foundation owns a bunch of them. So now um, Henry owns essentially all of those youth shelters worldwide, including the one in Brooklyn. Alex is like, ooh, maybe the one in Brooklyn will require more direct supervision. And Henry is like, I can't move to New York. And B is like, why not? For why? Like, for why can't you move? Exactly. Hello. So we'll just table that for now. Alex thinks about his perfectly passable LSAT score and maybe the possibility of going to law school. But before he can say anything, they're interrupted by Philip, who wants to see if B needed any help with anything. And you find out that Philip has apologized to B and Henry and has since fallen out with their grandmother. Good riddance. Um, <laughs> then um, they try to have like a bit of a small talk, but it's still kind of awkward because like, Philip wasn't the best brother to them. Yeah, they fully they they haven't fully forgiven him. Yeah. Um, and eventually Philip leaves. And I think like B was like, oh, should I have let him help? And Henry was like, oh, give him another six months. He has like a lot yeah. of groveling to he do. He hasn't kind of- earned it yet. Exactly. Yeah. Um, which I think is fair. Like, you know what? Show them that you care about them and you give a shit about what they're yeah. doing. And I'm sure that you guys will have a good relationship mm-hmm. going forward. We then jump forward to the day before election day and Alex is freaking out deciding what to wear. And Nora convinces him not to wear something boring and instead wear this awesome like Gucci jacket with like red, white, and blue stripes. Like a fucking G. Like, like amazing. Like basically the title of the book. Exactly. Oh, wow. I love that. Um, Alex is nervous to go back to Texas because like, I don't know if it's, like, like there's no rule that says, like, where they have to have their election day, like, thing. But, but they they're just, doing it in Texas. In their home state yeah. or whatever. And Nora's, like, did you even look on, like, your polling in Texas, like, right now? Um, to which, like, he says no. And she's, like, well, if you look lately, you would see that Texas actually likes you, like, more and more since, like, the whole, like, email shit went down kind of thing. Alex admits that he took the LSAT and she's like, yes, law school, that's perfect for you. Um, Then they hear a scream from the hall and it turns out it's June who just found out she got a book deal and they all... And they all celebrate together. You have a habit of not finishing sentences. I just get so excited. (laughs) You have to finish the sentence before you get excited. But it's so cute. She got a book deal. (laughs) I love it so much. Anyways, um, yeah, so she gets a book deal. They all celebrate. Now it is election night and they are all 
in Texas and they're backstage and they're waiting for the results and Henry is on his way from England but is like running late which is like the worst possible time to run late ever and Alex's um friend friend from Texas Liam is also there and they've like reconciled essentially and decided to like hang out on the weekend which I thought was very sweet mm -hmm. and like Liam's um boyfriend is kind of like fanboying over Alex because yeah. his parents campaigned for Alex's mom mm -hmm. um at the moment unfortunately they're currently losing and their mother wants June to help her write uh, like her concession speech in case they do lose and June is like I'm not fucking writing you a concession speech I will never write you a concession speech because like you're winning this his mom then wants Alex to say something to like the crowd to raise everyone's spirits and Alex like does just that and like gives this like amazing like really great speech and mm -hmm. everyone's like screaming their heads off after this little speech he goes backstage and Henry has finally arrived amazing um and they start winning more and more states and now the race is like neck and neck and essentially whoever wins Texas wins the election and this just reminded me of like the election this year when everyone was like fucking like okay if they get Nevada and they get this and then they get this and they get that and then it'll bring them to like da 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 they're doing like the same thing here I mean the election this year was pretty close it was crazy I watched it like and it took days to find out days. who like, it took forever I remember all the memes about Nevada like counting all the yes, ballots because yeah. apparently they were being like and obviously this year because of like the fucking pandemic and like, like there's a lot of like those like, mail-in yeah, ballots mail and like yeah. poll workers can only fucking work so fast like they're literal human beings yeah. but like low-key the tweets about Nevada were funny mm -hmm. um anyways so everyone starts stressing out but then daddy Anderson Cooper who I love can I just say? Love him. Announces that Texas is like decided. And then they all look at like the screen and Texas goes from gray to like bright blue. And so they've won and they all start celebrating. Obviously they're literally losing their shit. And while they're celebrating, Henry tells Alex that he bought an apartment in Brooklyn and Alex starts picturing his life with Henry in Brooklyn and going to law school in New York. And it's all just like fucking wonderful, amazing. And then Alex's mom gives her like victory speech and everyone goes on stage, including Henry. And it's all very sweet. So after the speech, while everyone is still celebrating, Alex and Henry sneak off and Alex takes Henry to his family home in Texas, taking the key off the chain on um, like on his neck. And he tells Henry that they've won. And then he unlocks the door. And that's how and the book ends. It's so good. It's so cute. It just makes you feel so happy inside. And I'm left feeling so happy and giddy. And it's just, like, one of those things that, like, good things do happen and, like, things, like, turn out the way that they should and, like, you know, happiness and, like, hope and shit wins. And mm -hmm. it's all very, like, you know, what was that movie that is Henry's favorite? Which Star Wars? Oh, Empire. No, no that's Alex. Return of the Jedi. Return of the Jedi because it's all filled with, like, love and hope and shit. And, and Ewoks. Does. And, I mean... I fucking and love Ewoks. Ewoks. <laughs> it's all very cute. This book was excellent. I loved it. Honestly, fucking... Um, everyone needs to read it. Please, like, the email chains in the books are immaculate. Love them. It's... And we didn't... We we literally didn't do the banter justice. We didn't oh, do the no, email no, no. justice. It, it's so We included, good. like, a couple lines here and there, but, like, you need to read it. Go read it. It's absolutely wonderful. It's just such, like, a good, wholesome story. And I love when stories, like, end happy like this. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm 10 out of 10 into it. Thoroughly enjoyed it. We should have fan-casted this, eh? I hope they make a movie. I know they really should. I'd be. I'm very here for that. We kind of did fan cast it. Who do we say as um, Alex? Tyler Posey. Yes, because he's also half Mexican, I believe, right? Yes. And like I, when I saw him, I was like, oh, this is how I picture Alex looking. Yeah. Did we decide on a Henry? No, we did not. We did not. Anyways, but like, yeah, 
maybe there are actors out there that we don't know. And that's the thing, like, hey. You know what I tend to do, though? Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of times for, like, young actors, I look a lot to, like, Netflix shows. Yeah. Because they have a lot of young yeah, actors yeah. on there. Yeah. That are, like, new actors that are, like, new coming up. Yeah. Like, but we didn't and, we didn't decide yeah and like i don't think tyler posey is, i think he's straight right yes. and like obviously in an ideal world it'd be nice to find someone who's like half mexican and part of the lgbtq plus community yes. and i'm sure there's someone like that who exists yeah who could be an actor so i don't know if you guys have cool fan cast ideas let, us, let know. us know and i want this to be a movie does anyone know if this is getting uh because it should be it fucking should be i'd watch the shit out of this are you kidding mm-hmm Anyways, that is Red, White, and Royal Blue. The book was a delight. Thank you, Casey McQuiston. Loved it. For writing this. Excellent job. I want more. I do. Is there, like, I mean, it ends pretty definitively. But, like, I want a story about Alex going to law school. And I know. I'm here for Henry it. Henry running his, like, brownstone or, like, his um, charities and shit. And they're living in the brownstone and stuff. I don't know. Anyways, this is my official petition for another yes, one. Yes, I would read it. Same. Um. Okay, so... Last episode of the year will be We Were Liars by E. Lockhart, so stay tuned for that. Yep, that's coming up next week. Can't believe it's the end of the year. I know. Holy fuck. Anyways, thank you guys so much for listening. We appreciate you. As always, all the social media and stuff is down in like the episode description and our mailbox address maybe, so you guys can check that out. Or send on us, our website. Yeah, or on our website and send us a postcard. Um, yeah, we appreciate you. If you're able to, please leave like a rating and a review on iTunes. It really helps us out on the charts. And yeah, that's it. We love you. And thanks for listening to Two Book Bitches. Bye.